leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Scowl just for tonight's show. And we're going to wait here. Wait for Bill WD40 to kick on into the chat room there. That way he can lube us up for tonight's show. Digger Dog, good to have you here, my man. And who else do we have here? Let's see. Noble Patrick, the Michael Leger has returned. Space Daisy, thank you for coming on in. Number 14 in your program, starting at center ice from Orange Goldsfeek, Sweden, Jorgen Johansson. Sensational Sherry, good to see you. Thank you for coming on in. Hi, Rugged Source at Beachy. Thank you for joining us. And who else do we have here? Teresa Racer, welcome to SOR Chat. Welsh Hammer, thank you for joining us. And uh, we got about 30 seconds here before we're going to launch. There's Bill WD40 looping us up as we speak. Thank you, Bill. Eric Markham in the other chat room as well. Yeah, Markham's old school that way. Let's see, who else do we have? Where's Doug Shelby? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, 15 seconds to go here. The Super Chat is open. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. And you can do your shopping at spacedoutradio.com. And uh, do me a favor, everyone. Get your horns up. Time to rock. Let's do it. of Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Navy the favor. Hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on TikTok at spaced out radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. It's a power show of woo tonight from phantomsandmonsters.com. Lon Strickler will be with us momentarily. Then in hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp. Swamp Dweller's got another great story for us. Then little Timmy Senor, our resident Timbit, takes us home with the UFO report. Near the end of each month, we are proud to be joined by Lon Strickler, who is a 14 researcher, author, and publisher of phantomsandmonsters.com. He began his blog in 20, 2005, rather, which has steadily grown in popularity, literally generating tens of 
thousands of stories from around the world from people just like you seeking the truth. His research and reports have been featured in hundreds of online media sources, as well as television shows like Paranormal Witness, Factor Fake Paranormal Files, and Destination America's Monsters and Mysteries in America. But we're always proud that Lon is a part of our family here, and we're always glad to bring him on in. Lon Strickler, it is always a great pleasure to have you here, my friend. How you been doing? Hanging in there, Dave. Hard to believe we're already through the month of January, man. Yeah, it went by quick. I tell you. I tell you. You know, what's new in the monster front <clears throat> heading into 2023? I, you know what? I'm going to delay that question. Well, let's, you know, be, <laughs> and the reason why is we always get new listeners here every month. And, and since you have uh, been gone since the last time, we've actually added a new radio station in Vernal, Utah, X94. We love them, Channel X94. And thank you uh, so much for allowing us to broadcast on your nights out there in Vernal. Uh, but you know what? We got to make sure that we introduce you, Lon. You know, this is a lifelong effort for you. This is something that you have uh, been a part of for a long time. You're almost 20 years into phantomsandmonsters.com, but this is a lifelong journey. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been involved with the paranormal ever since I was uh, very young. And um, I've kind of been in and out of it in that period of time, but... Uh, you know, it was first actually looking at hauntings and such, starting back in, well, starting actually doing work with people back in the early and mid-70s. And uh, then when I had an encounter with a Bigfoot and later a winged humanoid, that kind of opened my eyes up to the other aspect of the paranormal. And uh, that kind of set the course for me. For you, after all the years you've been doing this and all the thousands of stories that you have collected, Lon, over time, has has there ever been a story or two or three that just really hit home for you, for people who've submitted it to phantomsandmonsters.com? There have been a lot of them, but I'd say um, some of the... um... Some of the alien abduction accounts that I've, you know, I've worked with encount, uh, experiencers and uh, what they went through, and uh, you know, it that that always sticks with me, and uh, especially with one in particular where the individual vanished and she's never showed back up again. That that was, and I have it in my book. That was that was probably the one that hit me the hardest. But there's been a lot of stuff. I, um, you know, I had this the the wing humanoid encounter in, in 1988, and uh, I, I, you know, I, I've been following the Mothman phenomena and the wing humanoid phenomena. But when all this stuff started in Chicago, uh, starting in 2011, and then building up to 2017 and beyond. Uh, it, it, it paralleled what I encountered and, uh, that's kind of been a benchmark for me as far as actually cryptid, uh, research and investigations. So, but there's been a lot. Oh God. I'm, you know, I, maybe one day I'll, I'll, I'll go through everything and, and make a list of the ones that have really inspired me more than anything, but, uh, it's just a lot of things. 
do you like what you do? Do you still have love and passion for it after all this time? Yeah, if I didn't, I wouldn't be doing it. It's it it's it's a hassle sometimes. Uh, I mean, it's every day of uh, I've got to commit five to six hours or more. It's I mean, it's just like having a job, really. But uh, if I didn't love it, I wouldn't do it. And uh, the fact that I can talk to different people and it's something new every day, and um, I have good people working with me. Uh, on the team, on the radio show, you know, in, individuals who who help me track down stories, track down witnesses. Yeah, I'm, I've been fortunate. Yeah, and you know what? A lot of us have with, you know, the people we get to meet in this field. Looking back on everything, you know, I do want to, you know, reminisce with you a little bit here because it was January 13th last year when uh, we lost our good friend Butch Witkowski. Hard to believe it's been a year without him already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I miss Butch. I mean, it, it, he was always a, a good sounding board. We talked all the time. Uh, we did investigations, of course, and, uh, you know, we all started with the Todd C's death investigation and then kind of moved up to when Butch started getting interested in the, the, uh, upright canines and the dogman phenomena. And, uh, it kind of went on from there, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I do miss Butch and, uh, you know, he and I worked very closely together. No, very true. Very true. And, and, you know, the idea that, you know, he's been gone a year and, and you've now been doing this show as, as uh, the, the replacement of him, you know, how have you, or, or let me rephrase that because a lot of our audience still misses Butch. I mean, he was here for, for seven years doing this, but what's probably the biggest memory of Butch is a, that you miss in regards to investigation? I guess I, I guess Butch's humor. <laughs> Some of the things he would say sometimes that would uh it would kind of take me back. But uh he had you know, Butch had an opinion on everything. I don't know how much he expressed on the show. I'm quite sure he expressed more with you personally, but uh yeah, Butch had a, he he had he had thoughts on everything under the sun and uh he wasn't shy about putting it out there uh you know butch took a lot of criticism from a lot of people over the years and um you know i didn't realize how much there really was until he and i started working together but um he he concentrated on what he wanted to do and that's uh you know he didn't let all the other noise bother him and that and that's what i liked about butch he didn't care you know he didn't care what other people thought i mean he just did his work. He did what he felt was important and he kept at it till the end. Funniest Butch Witkowski story that I had, there were many, but the funniest one where I, I think I almost slipped out of my chair laughing so hard was when he started describing, you know, before he met his beautiful wife, he started describing this, this girlfriend he had and he started uh, uh, calling her by the name Godzilla and oh my god i can't even, i don't even remember and i don't want to repeat what he said but he had us in stitches over that 
And the other thing that we used to do with him is I would call him before the show and I would be like, dude, what am I going to say tonight that's going to piss you off? What's going to set you off tonight? And that was my goal the last few years was what could I do to set him off and get him angry? Because when he got angry, you never knew what was coming out of his mouth. And it made for great radio, great radio, Mm -hmm. you know? So those are probably the two, two best memories I have of our, our good friend, but you know what? Uh, God bless him and wherever he is. And he's got his beautiful answers now. And you know, the big, big thing is we, we can all be thankful at, phantomsandmonsters.com and from everything you did to everything he did for us at Spaced Out Radio for me and our audience and uh, he was a beauty he was a beauty yeah he was one of kind there's no doubt about that absolutely let's move on to you though you know as we uh, continue on here with uh, our good friend Lon Strickler Lon you know I know you're you're excited to get into these new sightings here of the Mothman, and usually I, I save that for the bottom of the hour here when we turn the core, but I'm kind of excited to get into it. You've had some new reports of these Mothman-like creatures being seen. Yeah, for the past month has been kind of busy. You know, it was really slowed up um, from, I'd say, October up until the end of December. But then uh, one of our investigators, Manuel Navarrete, got a um, he, he got a report from a Chicago City fireman who who was actually posted at O'Hare International. They have um, I know they have at least four stations there, fire stations, but they're manned by Chicago City firefighters. And uh, this this particular fireman contacted Manuel and, and was telling him about what he had seen, what he had encountered near the station. And when he when he did that, he went back into the station, told people or other firemen what he had encountered, and then the story started coming out. And apparently, unknown to him. There were a lot of these, a lot of these firemen who were having having encounters, having sightings uh, at couple at a couple of the stations, and um, I mean they've been calling it the O'Hare Batman, and um, but of course we've had sightings from personnel all throughout uh, O'Hare, so um, it it wasn't unusual, but it was it was good coming from firemen uh you know like when we used to get sightings from police officers that was always exciting because they were very distinct in what they they saw and described and these firemen were no different and uh the encounters were um they're pretty interesting and we've also had we've also had well i think like i said we've had six we've had six sightings and reports uh in the past month uh, not all of them are new sightings. Some of them were older sightings. But after this, this came out about the fireman at at uh, O'Hara making the reports. Uh, some of the media in Chicago were picking up, particularly the the radio media, and people were hearing this, and then they were coming forward and 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 talking about what they you know what they went through, what they saw. 
So, uh, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where we are now. And we are looking at a few uh, a few more uh, incidents that we just haven't reported on yet. So uh, it's been hot and heavy the past 45 days or so. What do you think brought in this this new level of sightings? I mean, it's cold out. I mean, not a lot of people are outside at this time of year. You know, in in 2017, when we were getting all these sightings starting in in, uh, early spring and then going into the summer, uh, we were getting sightings mostly downtown, but we were getting a ton of sightings. I mean, we were getting like two, three weeks at some point. Uh, People were out walking around and they were seeing these things were hanging around. I mean, they were making themselves known. And uh, it hadn't even really hit the media yet, but people were actually experiencing and coming forward. And when that started to happen, we put it out there that we were taking reports. So we were lucky enough to get into the early sightings and then start picking up other sightings subsequent to that. And it's it's been like that since the very beginning, for the most part. Uh, we've been pretty well taking most of the sightings and um i mean at this point right now we're about 160 sightings that we believe are credible sightings now but uh no what you you asked about the cold weather you know at the end of uh that summer 2017 going into october it started waning off and we figured well maybe it's the cold weather you know the cold weather these things wouldn't weren't coming out in the cold we, we, we really had no idea where they were coming from, if they were hanging out locally or somewhere else or what the deal was with them. But uh, as, as the winter progressed and as we got into, um, I guess, about February or March of 2018, then they started picking up again. And uh, we, do hit, we do hit some slow periods for whatever reason. Uh, there's no real rhyme or reason for it. I, I don't I don't really think it has to do with them being out there. I think it has to do more so with people actually coming forward. And uh, but for the most part, we've uh, we've been pretty lucky. You know, the only thing you can figure is or, or think about is really how many of these sightings aren't being reported. You know, we tried to sit down and figure out how many of them we're really getting. And over the years, I estimate that maybe we're getting 15% of the sighting reports of the actual sightings. So, I, I, you know, there's a lot of it out there. And we're talking about area from 250-mile radius of downtown Chicago. So we're talking about central to, to south Wisconsin into most of Illinois down into Indiana and across the lake over into Michigan. Are these sightings mainly happening at night or are they happening at all times of the day? We we get them all times, but uh, I'd say the vast majority are nighttime. Um, why that is, I, I really don't know, but I, I guess, uh, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, but, no, I'd say the majority. The majority are night. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I You know, I wish I did know. Uh, usually at nighttime, 
they show themselves to singular people or uh, a small group. A lot of times during the day, they're being seen by individuals in larger groups. But this is another aspect of this phenomena that I, we just don't really understand is I believe that they pick who they want to see them. They've got some kind of ability to allow certain people to see them. Now, I don't know if people are predisposed to being able to look at or see them. I don't know if that's the case, but it does seem that there have been several instances in big groups. I'm talking hundreds, thousands of people where just a few people have seen this thing. And the people who are eyewitnessing this, are there any trends to what they are doing at night or are they like, are they a certain branch of people in a certain area, uh, maybe in a, in an affluent area or maybe in a subdivision? Where is, or what are the patterns that you're noticing? Well, if you look at the map, um, it's all over the place. I mean, they're, they're all neighborhoods in, in the city have been affected. Poor neighborhoods, middle-class, even, you know, even high, um, High income areas. It, it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, it's been in um, downtown. Uh, it's been out in the boondocks. I mean, it's it's all over, and it's all it's a it's a wide variety of people who have had encounters and reports. We still have people who re- make reports that have no idea this has been going on, and uh, they're surprised when we when we tell them what has been going on. So, um, yeah, and I'd say for the most part, the sighting descriptions and the characteristics have have kind of followed the same line. Um, People are seeing the same thing. Now, I'm quite sure it's just not one being. In fact, I believe it in the beginning where we were talking about three different beings. But I I, I think it has changed. Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, when you're staying at an Airbnb, it might have crossed your mind. Could my place be an Airbnb? And if it could, what could it earn? You could be sitting on an Airbnb and not even know it. Like, maybe you have a spare bedroom where friends or family crash every once in a while. But when it's sitting empty, you could Airbnb it to help pay for some bills or, I don't know, something more fun. Either way, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I think there have been others that have come and gone over that period of time. Um, there have been subtle changes as to, uh, not necessarily size or wings, but like, uh, some make clicking sounds. Some tend to be bigger than others. Uh, the one, some characteristics that are, are pretty standard are they're usually six foot in average height, very emaciated looking. Uh, small heads, many times they have the red eyes and the wings 
are usually bat-like or uh, gargoyle-like. We've had people describe them as gargoyles. We've had people describe them as the Jeepers Creepers creature. Uh, but I, I'd say, for the most part, the wing structure has been the membrane-like wings. And, you know, early on, we had the, the feathered wings and a few of the... Um, the insectoid wings, but it was—it's mostly been since then the uh, the membrane wings, and we've had some sightings that have been really close. I mean, really close to the witnesses too. How close are these creatures getting to people? As we got about ninety seconds to go. Well, I just had one that I reported this week up in Wayne, Illinois, where the uh, it was during the day. The, no, it was at nighttime, and this thing literally flew in front of the guy's headlights, uh, like 10 foot in front of his car. But he got a real good look at it. Uh, we, we've had people, we've had these things get really close to people in some some instances. But they're always close enough for the most, well, I, I, I'd say most of them have been close enough to where they could actually see, see detail. My God. My God. What, what do these people feel when they're making eye contact, is a creature making eye contact with them as well? Many times, yeah, many times. And uh, some of the sightings that we have in the little have had in the little village neighborhood of Chicago, where we've had eleven sightings in in the, the actual community over the years, um, seems to be a somewhat aggressive creature. It's not. I mean, not saying it attacks people. But it kind of stands its ground. It will follow people and 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 fly off and drop in front of them, very close by. Um, some of the more harrowing sightings and encounters have come out of the little village area. So, um, yeah, I mean they are they're making themselves known. They aren't shy, none whatsoever. And on that note, Lon, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour. Lon Strickler and Strange Days happens near the end of each month on Spaced Out Radio. Lon's website, phantomsandmonsters.com if you want to check it on out and read some incredible stories of monsters. We'll be back with the second half hour right after this. Stay tuned. Strong start. Strong start. Have you got any conferences coming up? I haven't booked anything, and of course, with what's been going on health wise, I'm I'm going to be backed up for a bit. So I don't know. I, I do want to get out there. Um, you know, I, I'm with the. I'm feeling much better. I am feeling really good. I mean, I've lost a lot of weight, and I'm feeling better. But you know, you know, I get I get get bad news every once in a while. Then I had to go through other things. And then, uh, you know, of course what I told you today and yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah. So I, you know, I really can't plan ahead at this point until I get this, this other situation straightened out. But, uh, no, I do plan on going on the road. I'm only, uh, going twice this year. I'm heading down. Really? I'm heading out to, uh, San Francisco for UFO con and, and then Las Vegas for our fan party 
in May. And then also, I think in May, I'm going to be, I might be doing a Bigfoot conference here in BC. Hmm. So. Yeah, I got to get, I got to hook up with you one day. Yeah. I, I got to find out where you're going to be at and we're going to hook up. Oh, I, I would love to get to the East Coast, you know, for like one of Eric Altman's events or something like that. But it's just so, you know what, a lot of these, I understand too. I mean, a lot of these, these, uh, you know, conferences, you know, people are putting them on for information. They're not, they're not charging a lot of money to do that. They're asking for a lot of volunteering time and, and you know when when I got to travel across the the continent in order to get there, it's not feasible. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I get it. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I've actually been looking into doing a um, a cryptid conference here in the East sometime at some point. Yeah, I don't know where at. Probably here in South Central Pennsylvania. Uh, I was thinking about Gettysburg, but. You know, maybe York or some other place, Harrisburg or somewhere. But Gettysburg is, I mean, I mean, practically in Gettysburg. So that would be a good place because you're going to, you're always going to get people and places for people to stay and stuff. But the only thing is the cost. That's the biggest, that's the biggest holdup. And, um, you know, uh, you got to be really careful how you do that because um, you can really lose your shirt doing those types of things. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's very true. Tickets are scary. Like even even for our uh, Las Vegas event, every day I'm wondering, gee, do, are we going to have enough people there? Are we going to have you know? And last year we ended up. I thought we'd get like twenty twenty five people. Last year we ended up with sixty two people there. Oh my god! Yeah, and uh, I was really happy with that. And uh, you know, this year we're hoping for a hundred. Um, and hopefully we could get it. And if we don't, that's okay too. As long as people have fun, you know, and that's all I, where do you, where do you have it in Vegas? Uh, we have it at the golden nugget, but next year we're going to change locations. We're going to try and, we're going to try and change locations up. Uh, you know, like I would love to, you know, like we just got a radio station in Vernal, Utah. I'd love to go out there. I know Apache Junction in Arizona would like to have us there as well. And, you know, we'd like to maybe go down to, to um, uh, you know, Mount Shasta or Sedona or someplace like that, you know, to, mm-hmm. to, to kind of hang out, you know. But it all comes down to transportation. The disappointing uh, part about Vegas is, is you know it's just getting so damn expensive like i used to, it, go to it Ve- is high. i used to go to vegas two three times a year and you know i mean it was cheaper lawn like five years ago six years ago it was cheaper for me to go to las vegas than it was for a weekend than it was for me to spend a weekend in vancouver ruin yeah yeah, well, you know, I used to, I used to spend time in Vegas in the in the early and mid nineties, and um, yeah, it was nothing to. I'd go there for a week at some points. Yeah, Didn't, so. you know, I even I used to go to conventions, but I used to go on my own as well. And uh, you know, back then the flights were cheap. I mean, the flights to Vegas were really oh, cheap. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the hotels, you know, you could always get a good deal in a decent hotel. So, oh, yeah. um, but no, I don't. I, I, it's not like that anymore. 
Hold on right there. I just want to remind people the Super Chat is open. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show. Come visit me in San Francisco, March 17th through 19th at UFOCon 2023, UFOCon2023.com, and check the ticker for our Vegas information. We want to see you all there. Here we go. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate it. I want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with Lon Strickler from PhantomsAndMonsters.com. He comes in near the end of each month for Strange Days, a series of where we talk all about the monsters among us. And you can check out his website for thousands of of stories and reports. Lon, welcome back. Uh, thanks for having me, Dave. Always a pleasure to be here. We were talking about the Mothman and these sightings around Chicago, and you were saying that, you know, a lot of these creatures are, are making eye contact, but they're not showing any signs of aggression. Why do you think this creature has not shown any signs of anything aggressive? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's... um. For whatever reason, I think they want to be seen. I think they, I think they want to be, you know, reported or people may be aware that they're there. But I don't leftovers, or the DMV, or house cleaning. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, when you're staying at an Airbnb, chances are you've wondered, could my place be an Airbnb? And if it could, what could it earn? You might not realize it, but you could be sitting in an Airbnb right now. Like some people Airbnb their whole house when they're away visiting family or really on any sort of trip. Just think, you can make enough money to cover plane tickets or some of that trip. Find out how much your home could be earning at airbnb.com slash host. just don't see that they have it in them to assault people. Look, there have been, there have been encounters over the years, and, and not more recently, older encounters were People have said that they've had physical contact with these things, but I, you know, over over the past, oh, I don't know, five, six, seven years, it, it just hasn't been like that. Uh, they're just there; they show up for whatever reason, uh, and uh, they make themselves known 
very fleeting, very, you know, they're, they're not there long enough for somebody to remember they got a phone in their pocket and take a photograph of it. They just, they, they show up, you see them and they're gone. Um, I, I think the longest that I, I've ever remember anybody in the Chicago area having an encounter was maybe two minutes, but most times it's, it's maybe less than 10, 15 seconds. So, um, it's always long enough that they can see the thing and get a, a quick look, but uh, for the most part, they don't hang around. A lot of people going back to the Silver Bridge in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, in the 1960s, mm-hmm. believed that back then that Mothman was some sort of harbinger of death. Yet we're not seeing this on this side or this timeline, at least the people who are experiencing this aren't getting into car crashes. They aren't dying. They, you know, we don't see planes falling from a sky or buildings collapsing. You know, I'm curious the big difference here. Well, I've never bought into the, the harbinger theory anyway, when it comes to the Mothman of Point Pleasant. Um, I, I, I've thought that from the beginning that that's been an excuse as to how people in a small town who've lost 46 people on a bridge collapse came to terms with all these people dying, blaming, you know, the Mothman was supposedly seen above the bridge. So he must have foretold what was going to happen. I don't know. You know, it, you know, I've heard other instances where, People have made those claims. I even some historical sightings. Um, that may be. I don't think that's what's going on in Chicago for the most part because I don't think it's the same being that people are seeing in Chicago that was seen at Point Pleasant. Uh, they may have come from the same area, may have come from the same place, which I believe is some type of dimensional, <clears throat> another dimensional level. Um, they may very well have come from there, but. Um, I, I don't think they're, they're, they're the same being. Uh, I think there are many different types of beings. Uh, even possibility of other cryptids like Bigfoot and maybe upright canines may also be coming from the same, the same dimension. <clears throat> I, I think it's a, a very linear dimension, very close to ours where they can move in and out. With relative ease, they have the abilities to do that. And I think, um, and I have told you this in the past, that I believe the, the Mothman of Point Pleasant was a summon being. I think a very strong indigenous spirit felt threatened and called upon the uh, this winged being to, as a sentinel or a guardian uh, in that area where this uh, this energy was at, which was the uh, West Virginia Ordnance Works, I felt I feel it felt threatened, and it was there to protect it. Now, you know, it was a whole year of, of pretty intense sightings until the bridge collapsed, but that continued on. We've had sightings in Mason County and the environs, uh, you know, since then. We still get we still get sightings down there. Um. You know, all up and all up and down the Ohio River Valley, there have been sightings over over all these years, and um, and of course we have had sightings not only in Chicago but in, in like Florida and Texas and 
in other places over that period of time. Oh, in southern Ontario has been a very heavy spot, hot spot, the Niagara area, for whatever reason, we've had sightings there. Uh, many times the, the descriptions are somewhat different, but there's still beings, humanoid beings that have wings and, uh, they do seem to show up and, um, you know, in all different forms, people call them gargoyles. They call them, you know, all kinds of other things. But, uh, I, I think there's a nexus for all this stuff. I think most of this, these beings come from one general area in particular, but I don't think they're the same. I, I'm very, very uh, interested in the idea that you think that the the Mothman in Point Pleasant was summoned and these ones are just here. Mm-hmm. Could somebody have yeah, summoned? Well, I'm not saying that they haven't been summoned here. I mean, we just don't have any evidence of that. Um, I, I think, I think we have identified some areas where they may be coming into, and one of them is, or two of them are at O'Hara, but why that is, uh, is this something where they, they feel like they need to come back here? Is it, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, we, we've had a lot of theories over the years. I mean, yeah, I, I've had a couple of. I've had many people on the team who have had their own theories and uh, none are the same, you know? So, um, you know, when I say summoned being, I think some people do agree with what I'm saying, but there are others who have other, other theories about it. And um, uh, as far as what's going on in Chicago, I mean, they are showing up and, you know, there are areas where they've been heavily concentrated and, um, I think there's a reason because of that. I mean, for that. And I think it has to do with portals that are located at the airport. And that was what I was going to ask you next is how many of these sightings seem to be around that vicinity of Chicago O'Hare airport? Since October, 2019, I would say 80% plus have come from the area in or around the airport. And you believe it's because there's portals there. What do you think they're hiding at Chicago O'Hare, which is one of the largest airports in the world? I don't think they, I don't think they stay on this, this earth plane very long. I don't think they hang around long at all. Uh, I think they come through, do what they want to do. Got you know. I, I I think they may actually some of these that come through at O'Hara may actually go to other areas where we've had other sightings. Um, I think there's a very good possibility that that may be going on. I think you know, just like I said, we had this sighting in uh, in Wayne, Illinois, which is about about twenty twenty five miles northwest of O'Hara. We've had sightings up along the. Um, up along the lakefront in in like Evanston or up in Wisconsin around Kenosha, those are hot areas. I, I think I think these beings are coming through at O'Hara for the most part now, and and going to those locations. And when they when they do when they're done when they're seen or whatever they they either travel back to the uh to the airport go back through or they have another location where they can go through to reach their destination 
the lack of violence, though, with this group. I think when we think of Mothman, at least when I do, I, I don't think of it as a peaceful creature. Do you think mm-hmm. it's? Do you think if there are many of them that they're 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 just here watching? Are they, you know, are they like a, a shadow person that just watches and lingers, or do you think that they're just waiting for us to piss them off so that way they can do their thing? I, I think watchers is a good description of them. Um, I don't think they have any malevolent tendencies. There are a lot of researchers that and investigators that believe that I don't believe that I, I, I just do not believe it. I, I think the Mothman of Point Pleasant was a guardian and, and tried to keep people out of a certain location. You know, when, when individuals would show up at the, um, at the uh, TNT plant or the, what they call the West Virginia ordinance works, this thing would chase them out of the area. But that's as as far as aggression. That's kind of the extent of it. Um, that doesn't even even happen here in Chicago. I mean, they're there. They show up. People see them. They react to them, and then they take off and they're gone. Um, I don't think they're malevolent. I, I think there are period times when they may feel threatened and may react to a point. But as far as what we know from uh, the witnesses, it just hasn't gotten to that extent yet. I'm not saying it won't, but I don't. I don't think it will. Really? Okay. Yeah. In the in the end aspect of this thing, you know, are all the creatures being seen the same with the with the you know the wings and uh, you know almost being translucent, the red eyes standing between six and seven feet tall. Are we finding footprints of these creatures when they're on the ground, or claws, uh, claw marks in trees if they're if they're on a tree? Are we finding any physical evidence? We have had footprints in the snow. We've had wet footprints on sidewalks where people have seen them. They leave a, a wet footprint. Um, as far leftovers, or. The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Woodwork prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, when you're staying at an Airbnb, Chances are you've wondered, could my place be an Airbnb? And if it could, what could it earn? You might not realize it, but you could be sitting in an Airbnb right now. Like some people Airbnb their whole house when they're away visiting family or really on any sort of trip. Just think, you can make enough money to cover plane tickets or some of that trip. Find out how much your home could be earning at airbnb.com slash host. Footprints in the ground, I, I don't know any, but we've had footprints evidence. I mean, it's usually in the snow, something that's been, you know, photographed quickly. Um, that's happened in areas outside and inside the city. And we have also had, um, we've also had wet footprints on concrete. But that's the extent of, of the evidence that we have, we have gathered so far. I mean... We have a few indiscernible photographs, but like I said before, by the time somebody 
gets the phone out and takes a picture, they're long gone and, and very distant. Yeah, I can understand that. How big were those footprints around? They varied. Some of them were f- somewhat small, um, very long, uh, not real wide, uh, 10 to 12 inches in length on the average. Some of these sightings, some of the footprints that we had on the sidewalks were almost like three-toed footprints, like almost like birds, uh, you know, like a turkey foot, maybe 12 to 15 inches wide. There have been different, there have been different, you know, footprints. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, uh, the snow, the snow footprints we've had have been pretty long, pretty narrow. Not a lot of creatures are seen with red eyes. Yeah. What is it about these eyes that make them look so ominous? It's, uh, you know, it's apparent, a supernatural aspect to these creatures. I mean, it's not like it's a reflection. You know, even with the one I, I had in contact in 1988, it was almost like spotlights, projecting light. It wasn't, um, it, it wasn't reflection. Really? No, yeah. No reflection? Yeah, that, I mean, it's, 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 it's never reflection. It's always projection. And um, some of the eyes are, are fairly big. I mean, they're big enough that people can really take notice of them, and they're usually very bright. I mean, they range from very ruby red to orangish red for the most part. But, but we've had other hues as well. I mean, we had some up in uh, Wisconsin that were green eyes, some that were bright blue eyes. So... Um, I don't know if it's the same beings and they can change the color of their eyes for whatever reason, but uh, uh, it just hasn't always been red. But it, the the reddish color is predominant. The areas that they are being seen, obviously around Chicago O'Hare, but the other areas, mm-hmm. like you mentioned earlier, whether it's Indiana, Wisconsin, or other places, are, are they in forested areas? Are they around airports as well? Maybe military bases? Um, mostly residential and forested areas outside the city. Um, of course, you know, they can be in, in rural areas where people just don't happen to see them. But, uh, many times any of the sightings and eyewitnesses have been in, uh, small towns or small residential areas, subdivisions with a lot of uh, water or lakes or ponds around them and, and very heavy cover. Uh, that That's very common. Hmm. Do we know if they've been seen drinking water or around food sources? Only one time. And that was in Hammond, Indiana, where we had a witness actually saw one of them standing in a swampy area that seemed to be trying to catch fish. Um, I don't know, but it definitely had red eyes and they, they saw it dipping down into the water. Like it was, it was hunting something, uh, as far as drinking, I really don't know of any, but that, you know, you know, and another thing that we just have not had reported to us were pets and small animals going missing or being mutilated or, you know, where we'd see skin or 
fur or carcasses and such. It, it seems that they, they may come in, go out, and go feed where they come from. If they eat at all. If they eat at all. Do you think they're an earthly creature, or do you believe that no. they are something special? I, I believe they're um, ultra-dimensionals. Ultra-terrestrials, ultra-dimensional beings. What what gives I you? Don't, the... I don't. I you know. I don't even know if they could spend a lot of time on this 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 dimension and survive. Uh, you know, maybe they're. I, I don't know. I mean, I know they don't stick around long, and um, you know, they very rarely will we have will we have a sighting of one of these things, and then it would be seen by somebody else at another location nearby that is very rare it seems like they are seen one time and then they take off have multiple have there been multiple sightings by certain individuals not that i can recall um no, not that I can recall. I think they're usually singular sightings. Wow. Yeah. And the sightings we've had people we've had people even see them disappear on them as well. So uh, like we th- had a couple of those. Like thin air vanish. Oh yeah. Like it's going through a a, a, a invisible doorway. Literally. Just flying right through it. Incredible. How mm-hmm. long are the sightings for? that the majority of people have seconds. I, I I'd say the average is 10 seconds or so. That's not long. No, it's not long at all. And, and this thing hasn't allowed anybody to photograph it or anything like that. You know, if we're, if we're lucky enough to get somebody who has their phone out already and this thing shows up and takes a photograph. I'll feel fortunate, but at this point, I don't think I, I don't think it can control itself as far as being photographed. You know, there's theories that certain cryptids can't be photographed. You know, you always hear about yeah. the Bigfoot, and you know, and um, I, I don't know if that's true or not. I believe that if somebody was able to focus in on this thing with, say, a, a camera phone or something, that it would be able to be photographed. But I, I just think people are so shocked when they see it that that's not what they're really thinking about doing. Maybe we'll get lucky one day and somebody will have the phone out for whatever reason and and, and, gra- and catch this thing on a photograph. What would a photograph mean to the evidence? A lot. If we can determine it's not manipulated, a lot. Yeah, I mean, we would be able to get a um, an actual look at it. And, and this is something, you know, I, I we've had so many sketches and stuff and descriptions and, uh, you know, that only goes but so far. I mean, it, it's evidence, but it's it's very anecdotal. Um, I, I would like to have some real photographic evidence at some point or even a video. Uh, but uh, so far, that just has not happened. So um, hopefully that may happen. But 
Yeah, I, I it would make a it would make a world of difference in my mind. Now I know there are a lot of people who are skeptics that would would just you know discount it right off the bat. But uh, if it's a if it's an actual photograph or video that demonstrates the descriptions that we have been getting and even the aspects and the way it flies and the way it reacts, yeah, that would be very important. we got two minutes to go before we have to go to break at the top of the hour. Lon Strickler from phantomsofmonsters.com is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. You know, Lon, the sightings that they have, what are people's reactions to these sightings? Are they scared? Are they confused? Both. Uh, some are scared. Some are very confused. Um some of the older individuals, especially people in the Hispanic uh, world, Hispanic communities, they always go back to their lore and what they believe these things may be demons or something else. Um, oh, here's another thing, I, and I do want to say this because I did post it on the blog not, or on the on Facebook not long ago. I would say a majority of our sightings have come out Hispanic witnesses. From Hispanic witnesses. Now, why that is, I don't know. But that's something that we have been able to determine after all these years and after going back and looking at the actual witnesses themselves. I don't have a, a real definite percentage, but I would say it's over 50% have been Hispanic witnesses. That is strange. Yeah. That is strange. Do you think it's because they are more in tune with with their supernatural side or their religious side or anything like that? I think they may be very something, very well be something like that. Um, I think maybe they're... Leftovers or... The DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We were prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, when you're staying at an Airbnb, it might have crossed your mind. Could my place be an Airbnb? And if it could, what could it earn? You could be sitting on an Airbnb and not even know it. Like, maybe you have a spare bedroom where friends or family crash every once in a while. But when it's sitting empty, you could Airbnb it to help pay for some bills or, I don't know, something more fun. Either way, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. More open-minded to this type of creature, to... uh you know, they're seeing it and they don't discount it. Um, I think because of religious background and, and other things that they do believe in. All right. Well, let's carry, I, I think let, let's carry it over yeah. in the next hour. Lon Strickler from phantomsandmonsters.com is here for Strange Days. We'll take your questions in hour number two as well. We love Strange Days around here. It happens near the end of each month. We continue with more Monster Talk with Lon 
right after this. Stay tuned. All right, we are clear. We got about. Uh, I'll be right back. Yeah, we got about six minutes, Ron. Uh, let's pass it over to our good friend, Dirty Filth, and the Filthicon. It sounds like some kind of fortress. Very nice. I'll be right back, Dirty. I think. Okay, bye. See ya. Thanks for coming up, Dave. Good night, Digger Dog. I will be safe because I'm in. Well, that's. I shouldn't say I'll be safe. I've got four cats. They could assassinate me at any time. They're probably plotting as we speak. Hi, lovely Julie. Hi, Penny Van. Yes, time to party. Dave's not here, everybody. Let's raid his whiskey drawer. He's probably just got like right under the side there on the left-hand side, one drawer just full of all these fancy whiskeys and brandies and some fancy cigars or something. Uh-oh. Forgot to plug in my computer. That'd be embarrassing. Tim Senor is sneaking around in the back in the back room there helping himself to all the croissants and donuts and pickle and cheese slices probably even got some Hungarian swami in there and nice crackers Ooh, that's what I'm going to have after the show pickles and cheese ugh So, Filth, how you been? Oh, pretty good. How are you? Good. Mr. Lawrence Strickler. You're going to have to get Dave to give you my email or something. Cause i, I got to mail you that drawing still. Okay. Yeah, I did send the address to Dave. Unbelievable, Dave. He's not even here to, to yell at me <laughs> or anything. I believe that's the one with Mothman chasing you down, trying to steal your yeah. beard from you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I went swimming today. Really? Yeah, I haven't been swimming in like a million years. 
Didn't drown though. <laughs> That's obvious. Hey, I, uh, I go into the. Go ahead. I uh, I haven't I haven't been in a pool or in a lake or anything in thirty years. I, that's one thing after losing this weight I, I do want to do. So um, we'll see. The last thing I, I swam in was Pacific Ocean. And I'm from the flatlands of Alberta. And I'll tell you, it's pretty scary when the tide keeps pulling you out. <laughs> yeah, I am not an ocean person because I have got I have been caught in rip tides before. And that is not fun. And the riptides here on on the Atlantic Ocean, especially on the uh, Maryland and, and New Jersey beaches, is really, really bad. We have people that die every year because of those damn riptides. Do-do-do-do. <coughs> We got just over a minute here. Yeah, my pal made my pal Ray made fun of me. He's like, "Oh look, it's like dirty filth." There's a Sasquatch in the pool, and I was like, "Me?" And then yeah, he had a <laughs> chuckle, and the lifeguard just like shook his head. Yeah, just we're probably bad from there now. <clears throat> good times, man. Good times. This cat is down here on my feet giving me a fit. <laughs> what his issue is. <clears throat> Get up there, Vinny. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I want to say a big thank you to Eric and Deb and Mr. Catfish for the Super Chats tonight. Super Chats really help uh, allow us to do what we want to do. TK's Garage, how you doing, man? Good to see you. And uh, we will get to... Uh, uh, audience questions next. I will be at UFO Con 2023 in San Francisco, March 17th through 19th. Come join me there at UFOCon2023.com. You can get your tickets or meet us in Vegas. We'd love to see you there for our second annual Vegas fan party at the Golden Nugget. Check out the ticker below if you're watching on YouTube. Here we go. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Palinode. Palinode is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok 
at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go once again. Lon Strickler from phantomsandmonsters.com is here for Strange Days. We've been talking a lot about the Chicago Mothman that has been seen all around over the last decade or so in that Chicago O'Hare Airport area. Lon, his website, once again, is phantomsandmonsters.com. You can grab any of his books on Amazon. Lon, welcome back. Good to be here, Dave. Let's get to some audience questions here. Uh, a couple from Raz right off the bat. Do you think these Mothmen are breeding in our forests? I don't think so. I, we haven't seen any evidence of that. <clears throat> uh, we do see... Um, now, a phenomenon that has been going or has been happening in around the suburbs of Chicago and into the um, in the forested area. Chicago is an area is a location that has a lot of forested area, a lot of greenways and such, um, a lot of rivers and streams. But we have had people that have had sightings of uh, other humanoids unwinged humanoids in uh, in these locations uh that's something that has been going on for a long time from what i understand so um are they related to the winged humanoids i i don't know i don't think so but who knows but no i don't think the breeding here <clears throat> maybe a different dimension maybe a different dimension all right follow up from raz so it's a man with an inset bat-like gargoyle features. It's a, it's a humanoid figure, very with with humanoid features like legs, arms, and head, but they're different. They're very emaciated, very thin, uh, not very muscular. Some sinewy, like uh, black, very dark colored. Sometimes they look wet or like shiny. The heads are very thin uh, for the most part. Many of them had the red eyes, the the wings. The leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, when you're staying at an Airbnb, it might have crossed your mind. Could my place be an Airbnb? And if it could, what could it earn? You could be sitting on an Airbnb and not even know it. Like, maybe you have a spare bedroom where friends or family crash every once in a while. But when it's sitting empty, you could Airbnb it to help pay for some bills or, I don't know, something more fun. Either way, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Or more like bat wings or gargoyle membrane-like wings. Very few insect insectoid wings like what was described at, at uh, with the Mothman at Point Pleasant. These are usually just two wings and one wing on each side uh, that look very similar to what a bat's wing looks like. Hmm, okay. Let's continue on here with Richard. I wonder if they are native to Earth or visitors. What's your thoughts on that, Lon? 
I, I think they are native to that dimension, and I think it is an Earth-related dimension, a linear dimension. I, uh, as as far as them being able to move within universes or maybe other planets or something to that effect, I don't know if that that you know I don't know. Um, but I think the I think their dimension where they reside is very close to ours. Um, I really don't have much evidence to support that, right? But it just seems that. That there's something that that does seem to be related to that. Uh, we have had uh, individuals on the team who have had uh, contact with these beings, psychic or intuitive or whatever you want to call them. We have had one individual who had a physical encounter with it at the cemetery at O'Hara. Um. So I, I think they are flesh and blood beings, but I think they they do have an ability to move in and out of dimensions. Um, right, right. So, um, Just, yeah, because I so as far as you know, otherworldly, I don't think that's really the case. They're ultra terrestrial. I think they're, I, I I think they're 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 not like. They're not of this earth plane, but I think they're of a reality or plane, not reality, of of earth plane that is is one very linear to ours. So strange. So, so strange. Mm. Yeah, Uh, it is strange. Do you think that maybe they're coming, if you don't believe they're from earth, do you think that they're coming from a different dimension or are they, are they aliens people are seeing? No, I don't think they're. I don't think they're what people would classify as alien. Uh, I don't think they're extraterrestrial. I we have had encounters where uh, people have seen uh, craft around them or adjacent to them. I, I think when they show up, that there may be some evidence that they're being hunted by maybe extraterrestrials or whatever is uh, managing these craft. It may even be humans that are, you know, that are piloting these craft, but we have had craft associated with some of these sightings. You mentioned that uh, people have had uh, close encounters. Have anybody ever had any telepathic messages from these creatures? Just some people on our team, the people who are gifted, who who do have that. Now, I'm an intuitive. I haven't been able to connect, and I have tried. I haven't been able to do it, but I have one individual in particular who's on the team who's had some very interesting, very interesting contact with them. Let's go to Eric. He's asking, could they be related to the djinn? Um, I guess it's how how you defend the how you uh, define the gin. Uh, you know, people. Some people think gin are just spiritual beings. Some believe that they're demons. Some think that they're extraterrestrial or some type of ultra-terrestrial. I don't know. I, I don't know if they're related to gin or not. Um. 
Could it be something similar to gin? Possibly. But as you know, as as far as uh, what people define as gin, and look, we had um, we had one of the better researchers of the gin on our team early on, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and she didn't believe it was related to the gin. So, um, I mean, I'm just going by what she said. All right, let's continue on. Let's go to Jason here. Why would an alien intelligence capable of interstellar travel choose to show up above an international airport? I guess you're talking about the um, the craft sightings. I don't know. But they have been seen. I mean, and Chicago itself is a hotbed of UFO activity. Now, I'm not always saying that they're alien intelligence or alien, you know, or extraterrestrial you know, craft. But... um. You know, why did they do what they do anyway? I mean, you talk people talk about abduction. People talk about uh, other encounters. Um, they seem to do a variety of different things. As far as interstellar travel, I don't think UFOs are interstellar travelers. I think they're portal or wormhole travelers. I think they travel from destinations uh, using using wormholes. And I think they, for the most part, can time travel as well. I don't. I don't think they're interstellar travelers. Yeah, I, I don't know about that one. <clears throat> I really don't know about that one. Let's continue on here. Let us go next to Space Cadet Lottie. She is asking: Is anyone in communication with these beings? If so, have they asked if they could take a photo? <laughs> Uh, we have had cursory and communic- cursor communication with them, but we have not asked if we can have their photo. It was ba- it was hard enough getting one of them to acknowledge themselves and actually touch one of our investigators. Um, but as far as taking a photo, I think at, at this point is a real stretch. I, I don't think they they'd. Um, I don't think they would go for that, quite honest with you. They have described to some of our people what they do look like when they're here and what they look like on their dimension. And apparently, they do change. Uh, What we see is not necessarily what they look like when they're back on their dimension. Um, That's all they've told us. Sounds good. All right, let's move on to another question. This one from Raz. The Greys and Mothman go through portals. It's because they are like demons, but just natural? Well, first of all, I don't believe in demons. So, you know, you're kind of asking the wrong person that question. Uh, I I think extraterrestrials and these these winged humanoids can move through portals. I I, I think... um, you know, I, I, and I've given this explanation before. I think most of the extraterrestrial or aliens that we do see on our Earth plane when they do show up are actually humans, evolved humans from a future, from our future, and they are able to time travel back using wormholes or portals. Um, why they come back for whatever reason is it to to correct things? Is it to uh, change history? 
I think that's very possible. But I do believe that most alien beings or what we call alien beings that people see and describe and have encounters with are actually evolved humans. I think, I think humans are a universal species. And over time, there have been changes. They have evolved. Um, and I think that there has been a lot of intervention on this planet with us and other beings, other animals and such over time. Uh, we, I just don't think we know our real history. I, I, I think it's, there's a lot that we need to, to find out. Uh, of course, there's going to be, people are going to make conjecture and a, and a lot of uh, theories as to what is really, a real, what has really happened. But some individuals have had, um, have been shown certain scenarios, historical wise. And, um, I'll leave it at that. Uh, I, I, but I think there has been intervention in our history. All right. Let's continue on with some audience questions. Let's go to Hackmeister. Lon, do you think that they might be demonic entities? We now know you just said that they, you don't believe in demons, but not just some creatures or aliens. I ask that because it's not just Chicago. They're being seen. No, I don't think they're, I don't, I don't think they're, um, they're demons. I think they're what they describe themselves as ultra terrestrials. Um, and they do describe themselves as that they're not extraterrestrial. They're not aliens. They're, they're something that is able to move onto our earth plane from a, a linear dimension. And, um, are they related to us in some degree? Maybe, maybe, I, I won't discount that. I, I, I think there's a there's a strong possibility that there may be some relationship uh, between them and us. Uh, I, I believe they may very well have been persecuted in our, our past history. I think humans have probably done some things that have um, put them in hiding or have had them to to actually move into this other dimension for protection. Or they, I think, but I do think they're trying to reconnect with us to some degree. You know, I, this is just, you know, this is all speculation. I'm not saying this is what's really going on. This is just some of the, what I, I believe from some of the things that we have heard over the years while investigating these beings. And, uh, I, you know, I, there, there, there could be a, an entirely different explanation as to why they are what they are and what they do but uh you're asking me personally that's what i think it is all right let's continue on let's go to Corey. lon could we get your email address so we could contact you oh absolutely just go to lon strickler phantoms and monsters.com all right lon strickler phantomsandmonsters.com. Pink Volo wants to know, is it true people have been attacked in vehicles or been chased by Mothman? There's one instance of that happening back in 2015. Um, and this is, this is a, this came third hand from someone who knew the family or second hand from someone who knew the family. But, um, it was a resident of Chicago who had just moved to Chicago from, um, 
from the Navajo Reservation in New Mexico just a couple months previous to that. The husband and wife were literally chased by this thing while they were in their car. Now, this is the story. I'm just telling you what they told me and what this other person told me. Uh, and this is the one of the few attacks, and this is the physical attack that I mentioned earlier. Um, it, it continued to follow them. It attacked the car. It tried to get into the passenger side window at one point. Uh, when they finally got home, thinking that this thing had left, they finally left them alone. They got out of the car, and it suddenly swooped down and, and got onto the back of the woman and put a very deep laceration in her back. Um, now the individual told me that I did check up on them. They they checked out. Uh, the witness checked out. The son of the uh, the victims actually was a friend of his. And uh, she was treated at a local hospital. I would have loved to heard that conversation between the doctor and them, though I don't know what they told them. But these uh, the victims were of Navajo descent. Wow. All right, let's continue on here. Let's go to, where are we here? Let's go to Love v. Love. Lon, can you tell us about the artist's work behind you? So for those on radio who don't know, Lon has some beautiful pictures sitting behind him that we can all see on our live YouTube and Twitch uh, streams here. What do you got for us behind you, Lon? That's, those are uh, prints by uh, of original prints by Sam Sheeran. Uh, you can find his website at MrSamSheeran.com. He's a fantastic cryptid artist, uh, horror artist. He has a lot of things on his website to sell for sale. He has been kind enough to give me a few of these things to, to put up here. But, uh, yeah, I love his artwork. And for those who see that round thing, that that hex sign up there, that's kind of a double, that's a double distal fink. Good luck, hex sign. Uh, it's kind of something that comes from uh, my side of the family on my on my uh, my father's side. We are uh, my family came from Switzerland back in the uh, back in 1734, and they were Anabaptists. They they fled uh, Switzerland during the Reformation. And uh, they settled here in the uh, in South Central Pennsylvania. I'm 11th generation, and they were they were originally Amish, and um, and then they mostly after that became Mennonites. So, um, but that text sign is is from the later what they call the later Pennsylvania Dutch. And uh, those signs, they have various signs that they use for good luck. They posted them on barns and homes and such. So, uh, you know, it's a uh, it's kind of a folklore sign that is near and dear to me. So uh, I do hang a few here and there. Very cool. He's such a talented artist. Such a talented artist. All right. Yeah, Sam's a good guy. Sam's a great guy. Let's go to Monica. Is it true that Mothmen are seen or spotted right before tragedy occurs? People claim that. 
Uh, I, I've only known of one instance where this may have been true. Uh, and it's not Point Pleasant. It, it was the Chernobyl disaster where a winged being, large winged being, was seen and reported above the reactor days before the actual uh, reactor accident. Uh, it was called the Blackbird of Chernobyl. But that's the, you know, honestly, that that's the only harbinger that I can, that I have found that may have an explanation to it. There have been so many people who have tried to, after the fact, after the disaster, have said, oh, yeah, we saw this flying above the, just like the Fukushima nuclear plant, the, um, the Silver Bridge at Point Pleasant, the the Mississippi River Bridge in uh, in uh, Minneapolis. There have been a, there have been a lot of them, but uh, you know the the Blackburn Chernobyl is probably only one where there is some actual evidence that something was seen beforehand. Let's continue on here. Let's go to Susan A. Lon, I've missed a lot of the show. What about Hat Man? Why does he appear to children? Had an experience with three other girls at camp in our cabin when we were around nine or ten. Well, the hat man follow, uh, falls under the category of uh, shadow persons. Uh, from my research and from cases I've been involved with, they are, they are not spiritual beings. They are some other type of entity possibly extraterrestrial possibly they could be from a lot of from another dimension or something but uh, they seem to um, they do feed on energy they feed on the living energy they also feed on the energy of the dead remaining dead earthbound energy uh, but they do show up at locations that primarily you had children sick and elderly, and in most cases, dysfunction. And they feed off of that energy. And when I have had cases where I have worked with people, and a lot of, I I will tell you one thing, a lot of these cases I have had are in Canada for whatever reason. But um, uh, they do seem to feed off that energy, and the only way to get rid of them is to lessen the energy, the uh, per, what you can provide for them, try to calm things down. We got Lon Strickler for another 30 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio. More Monster Talk when we return on Strange Days right here on the Mighty SLR. All right, we're clear. <clears throat> Still got a bunch of questions for you, buddy. Cool. Yeah. I like answering questions. I know. You're pretty good at it. And you blame it on Canada again. That's right. Boy, I get a lot of them in the Toronto area. Oh, my God. I don't know what the hell it is about Toronto and the surrounding area. Hamilton, the whole way down into St. Catharines, over into the Niagara area. 
man, do I get a lot of hauntings and poltergeist and shadow people encounters. Well, that entire area, Lon, there was a lot of war. Nuts. There was a lot of war there. Oh, yeah. And that's what a lot of people forget. I mean, there's one battlefield there uh, right along the Niagara River where, I mean, the French and the English, they dropped the gloves, and it, it wasn't a fun time. It, it, you know, and most most people in Canada, because we one thing about Canada is we don't we don't take pride in our history the way you do down south. You know, mm-hmm. like like with Gettysburg, that uh, that uh, uh, site there has a big battlefield where where they still hear cannons being fired and and guns going off, right? Just yeah. like Gettysburg. Yeah, that Niagara River um, in uh, battle, that that was one bloody battle. <laughs> oh yeah, it really was because when when the Americans came across there, the colonists came across there and massacred leftovers, or the DMV, or house cleaning. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, when you're staying at an Airbnb, chances are you've wondered, could my place be an Airbnb? And if it could, what could it earn? You might not realize it, but you could be sitting in an Airbnb right now. Like some people Airbnb their whole house when they're away visiting family or really on any sort of trip. Just think, you can make enough money to cover plane tickets or some of that trip. Find out how much your home could be earning at airbnb.com slash host. Occurred a lot of the Indians, then they came over on the other side and just tore the colonists up. But it was a bloody affair. There's got to be a lot of um, a lot of imprint on that land. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, there's a ton. There's an absolute You know, I think ton. there's a lot of Canadians, even Americans, that had no idea the fighting along along the Canadian US border, oh, yeah. American border during 18 Battle War of 1812. Um uh, it was pretty bad. Even the French American War. Uh, but it it was bad. I mean, don't don't forget too. I mean, Canada and the US scrapped it out twice. French and Indian War, yeah. you know. What's that? Canada and the U.S. scrapped it out twice. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, I'm sorry to tell you, you're zero two, but you know. No, I know that. Yeah, I mean, we tried to we tried to go up there and and, and take land. I mean, you know, when when the colonies or when the when the new United States was trying to expand territory, they they were going after Canada as well. Mm-hmm. The old fifty-four forty-year bust. That's when it was called in our history books. Mm-hmm. Fifty-four forty-year bust. You know, but yeah, Robo, how you doing? Seventeen seventy-six. Good to see you, man. All right, we've got about uh, two minutes. Two minutes? Yeah, two minutes. 
Yeah, that doesn't surprise me with Ontario. Yeah, that area is a lot of UFO encounters too, and a lot of sightings. A lot of them are also Lake on. A lot of them are also Lake Ontario Leafs is fans. really active. Yeah, a lot of them are Leafs, huh? a lot of them are Leafs fans still trying. Oh, to, I know that. Still trying to figure out why their team hasn't won a Stanley <laughs> Cup since 1967. <laughs> I hear that all the time. You know, I have a couple of friends that live around the lake. And uh, they're all Leaf fans, and they're uh, they're almost like Cub fans. They're just like Cub fans used to be. They bemoan the Leafs, Leafs never getting into, uh, never winning the Cup. But uh, I hear it all the time. I really do. Oh yeah, being a Leaf fan is a true sickness. <laughs> it's a sickness. It's a disease. You know. You know, like being a Canucks fan is hard, especially when you trade away your captain for a couple of broken hockey sticks like we did today. You know, a guy's on pace for 50 goals this year, and you trade him for like six hockey pucks, okay, and like <laughs> four broken sticks. Garbage trade. But you know what? Mm. We're, I'm, I'm proud to say my team is a never was. Not like the Maple Leafs who only have history. You know, if time travel is invented anywhere, it will be by a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, just so they could go back in history to see this crap happen. All right, we got ten you seconds. Know what? We got ten seconds. Lottie, Hack, Markham, okay. Catfish, and Deb, thank you for the super chats. Don't forget to read the ticker. Meet us all in Vegas, guys. Here we go. We pass the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Final time tonight, we get to our man, the myth, and the legend, Lon Strickler from phantomsandmonsters.com, joining us for a great night of entertainment, talking about the Chicago Mothman and many other monsters. Lon's website, phantomsandmonsters.com, once again. And you can find all of his books on Amazon. Lon, welcome back. Good to be here, Dave. Let's get right to audience questions because they are building up. Race Fan is asking, Lon, have you or any of your investigators talked to any of the witnesses at O'Hare Airport that saw the Chicago Phantom? Oh, yeah, many of them. Yeah, um, Manuel has Manuel Navred, who lives in Chicago. He has talked to, to many people at the airport. I have talked to a few sources I have at the airport. Um, uh, and uh, Tobias Whalen has talked to a few as well. So, yeah, we uh, when we're able to talk to them, when they will talk to us, we, we jump in there and, and talk to them. I, I we tried to get as many um, 
actual statements from individuals as opposed to just emails. Uh, we strive, we strive for that. We want to talk to them and, and see what they think of you know, what they're thinking, what the deal is with them. But Manuel has personally actually talked to them in person in many, many instances. So yeah, we're really, um, we, we really try to, uh, go one-on-one with our witnesses. All right, let's go on here to another one. Let's go to Amy. You just said a little while ago about changing history. Are you suggesting time travel is going on? Absolutely. 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 I think think time travel is in our future. I think it's a reality for those evolved humans that are – that are out there now that are coming back to their past history, which is our current history, our current times. I think, I, I think uh, time travel is absolutely a reality for them. And it may very well be for us eventually. Maybe we already have it. And we may very well have, and don't know about it. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking, my man. We get that time travel, we're good to go. You know, I tell you, you know, this is one thing, this is one reason why I'm very excited about uh, quantum computing and it becoming mainstream at some point where there's consumer-level quantum computing, and it, it's getting there. Uh, you, you can actually go out and buy a quantum computer at a much lower price than you used to. It's still very expensive. But it, it's getting to that point now where maybe in a, a few years from now, it may be accessible to more people. When that happens, I think we're going to start discovering more and more about what is and what we've speculated that may very well be true. Let's move on to a new question here. Let's go to Brian or Bree. I never know if it's Bree or Bry. Do you think they, as in Mothman, are attracted to death? The bridge collapse in Chicago is full of death daily. I don't think so. I I, I don't think it has anything to do with death. I I, I don't think they're attracted to um, to any misfortune. Um, I I just don't believe that. I I, I just haven't found any evidence of that. I mean, they are showing up. They they show up in Chicago. Sure, Chicago is a very violent city, for the most part, but they just don't concentrate in in areas where there's a lot of violence. They concentrate on areas all around there, so they're not really focused on one area. Um, so you know, but there's a lot of cities in the United States and Canada, well, United States, that are violent, and um, we don't see these sightings there. So. You know, the fact that we, this is happening for the most part in an urban area or a metropolitan area like Chicago, I, I, I think it has more to do with the access as opposed to the actual being there because of violence. Uh, I, I, I think there's, there are portals or openings that make it accessible to them. And the fact that Chicago is a violent city or has a lot of violence, I think it's just happenstance. 
All right, let's continue on. Let's go to Brown Dwarf. Why do people believe? Why do people leave canned beans for the Mothman statue? I didn't know they did. That's the first I've heard of that. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, it must be some kind of lore story involved with that. I I don't know anything about that. First I've heard of it. That's why I was hoping yeah, you'd be able to answer that. that. Well, let's Google. That. I have no idea. Canned beans at the Mothman statue. I imagine they're talking about the Mothman statue at Point Pleasant. I you know, yeah. is it something to do with with John Keel? I don't know. Uh, let's go here. Let's go on Reddit. Yeah, there's canned beans all around these photos. Um, let's see. Uh, Reddit never really gives you anything. I can't stand Reddit. Uh, let's try someplace else here. Uh, there's a YouTube link. More. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why all of a sudden I'm on a Yahoo search when I should be on Google. <laughs> Weird. And I'm quite sure somebody will contact me and tell me why eventually. If, if I do find out, I'll, I'll contact you and let you know. Yeah, I would appreciate that. I, I seriously yeah. would like to know... What is going on here with this? This is just kind of interesting. And, well, I'm on Twitter right now, and I'm just like, this is what as as was explained to me, aka Colin Dickey, by Fallout seventy six players Emma and Matt. Beans can be left at the Mothman statue because they are of negligible value and thus won't be stolen by other players. So they are an offering, but one that's explicit. Explicitly has no value. So, in other words, they're useless. Yeah, that's kind of a convoluted explanation. I don't know who really? figured that one out. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. Okay, let's uh, continue on. Let's go back to Amy. The physical attacks, are they frequent? Very infrequent. Very infrequent. I mean, the one I described earlier, that's that was really the only one of consequence that I know of. And I never did talk to those witnesses, so, uh, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it even actually happened, but, I mean, after I did check out the individual, I, 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 think, I think there's something behind the story. But, no, that's the only one. Uh, Eric Markham says there's actually a public service message about the canned beans but not doing anymore. Apparently it was upsetting the mayor of the town. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. Yeah. I knew my sleuths would get it down on this. Knew that would happen. Okay, let's continue on here. Let's go to Paramarv, who is asking... Uh, the woman who was uh, had interaction, was there any DNA from her wound? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't have a whole lot of information on that. Like I said, if, if I would have, um, I, I never did talk to the witness, so I, I doubt that anything was collected. I mean, I like I said, I don't even know what story they gave the doctor or the... Um, 
the people at the hospital. I do know from what I was told that she did have it stitched up, but uh, I don't know what they told them. Right. Okay, let's move on here to Deb from SAC. Lon, do you have a theory about Slender Man? Yeah, it's a meme. Um, I, I, I think it's a mind-manifested meme. Uh, it started out as a meme from the very beginning from a story, an Internet story that was on actually YouTube uh, that kind of took a life of its own. And as time went by, people and, and from witnesses who I've talked to and others, they have seen this thing as a manifested entity. Uh, I, I kind of attribute it to something very similar to like a poltergeist that is, it's um, an unconsciously manifested entity that uh, just shows up and... Um, you know, there's a lot of lore behind the Slender Man. Of course, you know the, the story about the two girls in in Wisconsin who um, thought that they were uh, they're followers of this moth of a, a um, followers of the Slender Man, and they attempted to kill one of their friends as, to pay homage to the, the Slender Man. You know, I I think when people see this or have seen these things, I think they're a mind-manifested entity. Could it be a tulpa? Sure, it could be a tulpa. Yeah, I did write something in my book, The Meme Humanoids. Um, I, I kind of equated it to some of the crawler phenomena that people are experiencing uh, as an early manifestation of some type of being. They very well be memes as well, so... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I believe the Slender Man is a, a mind-manifested being. Fault form. Fault form or tulpa. All right, next question comes from Rugged Source. Lon, did you enjoy being on Monsters and Mysteries in America? Well, I was on two of them. The, the second one kind of got cut on the, uh, the editing floor, and I wasn't much involved with that. That was the... Uh, um, that was the Mantis Man in New Jersey thing up in Hackens, Hackens Town, Hackettstown. But as far as the uh, the Sykesville Monster episode that was centered around my my Bigfoot encounter, yeah, I, I had a, I had a good time doing that. Uh, it was a long day, and uh, I, I had no idea it was it was going to to happen. The the the, one of the the city manager, the town manager at Sykesville, actually had the um, actually had a haunted tour in the town for Halloween, and my sighting was part of the haunted tour. My encounter was part of the haunted tour. So, as she started looking into it and started going through some of the police records and not coming up with anything, she eventually contacted me to get the story directly from me. And, um, she contacted, um, she contacted Monsters and Mysteries of America, which was, um, what was the network back there? M2, M2 Entertainment. And, um, then they contacted me and asked me to do the show. And that's how, that's how it started. That episode is probably one of their top episodes. 
It's because you were on there, my friend. It's because I you don't were know there. If that's it, but I, I I know it's a it, it's a big one. It's on all the time. Yeah, I mean it's repeated. Every time it gets repeated on um, on television, I hear about it. Janet is wondering: Are the Mothman sightings near bodies of water? A lot of times they are near some type of water. Uh, you know, of course, Chicago is, is near Lake Michigan, but, you know, Chicago has a lot of water, a lot of rivers, streams, small bodies of water, a lot of uh, green areas that have uh, that have wildlife preserves that have water. Uh, yeah, there, it, it is. There are a lot of sightings around water in, in respect to what's going on in Chicago. Now, as far as other Mothman encounters, it may be. I mean, uh, you know, of course, the Mothman of Point Pleasant was near the Ohio River, and the Kanawha River was also goes into that. So they were along uh, areas where there was a lot of water. Um, but I have had sightings in areas where there wasn't that much water. So uh, I don't know if that's part of it or not. But I know in Chicago, it, it's plausible that it, that may be an explanation. Right. And you know what? Let's face it. If if it is an earthly creature, it's going to need water. It will. We uh, Everything does. Everything does. If it's, if it's flesh and blood and if it's carbon baits, it's got to have water. Has anybody caught any photos of portals opening up for these creatures? <laughs> Not for these things, but there have been, there have been video and photos supposedly of portals opening and closing. Um, I have seen a few that may actually have some basis to them. Um, I have experienced them. <clears throat> I have experienced a portal opening, uh, actually two portals opening up during investigations. The one aspect of portals opening that has always happened when in, in with me as a witness, and many others who have witnessed it as well, is the buzzing of bees. There is a bee-like buzzing sound it, that sometimes can get very loud when when they actually are around portals. Now, I don't know if that's some type of classic uh, indication of a portal, but it does seem to be a um, it does seem to be indicative to the phenomenon. Let's go to Robo. Are we experiencing a rise in cryptids? <clears throat> if so, why? Your thoughts, Lon? And will it continue? Um, I think people are more aware of cryptids and, and less inclined to to shy away from reporting them. Uh, people are more open-minded. They see it on the Internet. They see it on TV. You know, They see investigators reporting this stuff. So I think when it does happen... Uh, you know, when people do have an encounter or do have a sighting, that many times they will come forward. Um, is there a rise? Maybe. Um, but there are a lot more. That we are getting more reports, and there are varied reports as well. Uh, you know, this is one thing people have asked me. said, well, you know, maybe somebody will find a Bigfoot one day, and uh, that will make the whole Bigfoot phenomenon moot. No, that's not going to happen. I mean, this... Not necessarily Bigfoot, but uh, there are other cryptids. There always seems to be something raising his ugly head to fill in <laughs> the space left for that. 
And uh, we do come up, we do find some real unexplained things. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, when you're staying at an Airbnb, chances are you've wondered, could my place be an Airbnb? And if it could, what could it earn? You might not realize it, but you could be sitting in an Airbnb right now. Like some people Airbnb their whole house when they're away visiting family or really on any sort of trip. Just think, you can make enough money to cover plane tickets or some of that trip. Find out how much your home could be earning at airbnb.com slash host. Occasionally, something that's new, you know, like the crawler humanoid is a somewhat new phenomena. Uh, the upright canine is, is something fairly recent in the past 30 years or so. So, uh, there, we're going to, it's, it's, cryptids are not, a, never, are never going to be a moot point. There are always going to be something out there to, uh, to fascinate experiencers and, and, uh, witnesses. And, uh, we'll be there to look into it. Very true. Very true. And, and you know what? I think a lot of that had to do, and please correct me if I'm wrong with this, Lon. Not to bring up the whole COVID subject, but during COVID when nobody could fly anywhere, people found the outdoors again. And they and they remembered yeah. that they liked it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, people, you know, when they weren't going to work or when they couldn't be around other people, they went into the open spaces. And uh they have they and as a result of that, a lot of them went camping and stuff and got out in the outdoors and areas that were more wilderness before than now. And uh, they have seen things and uh, many of them have come forward. Yeah. And, you know, I hope they more do. I hope that more do because yeah. it's important to get these these stories. Lon, you have we got about four minutes to go here. You have stories from all over the world of all different types of creatures. And there are some out there that just seem way too unbelievable. But these are experiences people are having. You know, how do you judge a real creature from, say, someone trying to just make up a story? Well, you got to talk to them. Um, you got to separate the wheat from the chaff. That's what I've always said. Um, it's always best to, to let them tell you what they have to tell you. And then when they're done, then you start asking a few questions, trying to get them to try to kind of get off what they originally told you. That's kind of a technique I have used over the years where I try to get them to embellish. And when they start embellishing and then they're, they're kind of going beyond what the actual story was. You know, a lot of witnesses, unfortunately, want to satisfy the investigator and make it 
make their sighting or encounter more more interesting. And I don't want that. And I know most cryptid investigators don't want that. They want the, the real story, and they don't want any embellishment. And, um, yeah, so you got to talk to people. And, you know, you gotta, you got to listen carefully. You know, I tell people that that do the investigations, you know, don't talk at first. You know, just say what happened, tell me exactly what happened, and then listen. And when you're done listening, when their story is done, then you can kind of ask them a question or two. Well, don't go, you know, don't, you know, don't try to put words in their mouth in the beginning. Do that afterwards. And then when they start adding on to it, that's when you can normally get them to say things that just don't make any sense. And then, you know, they're usually embellishing and lying to you. But, um, you know, and I have said before, this whole Chicago thing, from the very beginning, these witnesses have been very forthcoming. Very rarely will they come forward and and embellish. They'll tell you what they, from the very beginning, they'll tell you something, and they will not, for the most part, add on to it. It's almost like they're imprinted. And uh, I appreciate that. I mean, I'm glad people, I don't want people telling me stories. You know, I want people telling me what really happened to them. Final question for you is we got just over a minute. If you could tell everybody where they could find you, your blogs, your YouTube channel, your books. You just go to phantomsandmonsters.com. This is the blog site. It's updated daily. Uh, you can go to cryptidhunters.org. Our team sightings and investigations are, are listed there. We have links to the the Chicago Mothman sightings and the map, the interactive map. Also, the uh, the Pennsylvania uh, upright canine or the Pennsylvania Lichen Investigations team that that Butch and I started years ago. That link, all those links are there. Uh, the YouTube channel, all you gotta do is go to fans, just put in fans and monsters radio on the, on the search and it'll take you there. We have, uh, three different shows that we host on fans and monsters radio. And, uh, please like, share and, uh, and, uh, leave comments about what we present to you. And if you have a sighting or an encounter, Feel free to contact me at Lon Strickler, phantomsandmonsters.com, or call me at 410-241-5974. Lon Strickler, Strange Days. We'll talk to him at the end of February. We love Lon Strickler around here, phantomsandmonsters.com. Coming up next, we're going to head to the swamp and then the UFO report. Hour 3 is next. Great job, buddy. Great job. Appreciate you, my man. I appreciate you being on. Have me on here. Always. Always. I will uh, let you And know. I'll keep you updated. I'll keep you updated on what's going on with me, okay? Yeah, please do. Please do. And uh we'll get you we'll get I gotta, we'll get you some good love. Go ahead. We'll get you some good love. Okay. Okay. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. Mm -hmm. Lon Strickler, everybody.
<clears throat> Don't forget to send Lon some uh, healing prayers. He's going through a little bit of a time right now. He doesn't want to be too public about it. But if you could, uh, when you're saying your prayers at night or whenever, just send some love his way. He could really use it and some healing. Would appreciate that. Be right back, guys. Hey, Tim Bits. Your head's looking awfully bright tonight.
Stick around for the uh, after the show on YouTube. We got some special information coming for you. I want to remind all of you that I will be in San Francisco March 17th through 19th, UFOCon 2022. Make that 2023 since we're in 2023. Go to UFOCon2023.com, get your tickets, and of course, Las Vegas, Nevada. We want you there. Yeah, we do. Hit the ticker below. May 19th through 21st. We're going to hang out with all of you. We're going to do a live YouTube show. We're going to do a Skywatch. It's going to be a big VIP party. Yeah, we're going to have some fun. Oob to Joe's Maine. You've got aliens. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Boz Monster, good to see you. Who else came in late? Oh, Night Rider, nice to have you here, buddy. All right, we're going to head to the swamp for three minutes, Tim. Three minutes. Katrina Milbrad, welcome to SOR Chat. Here we go. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. What do you got for us, Clam? Palinode. Palinode is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is that time once again where we head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. Hi, Swamp Dweller. I've been listening to you for almost two years now, and I've been contemplating sharing some of my stories and my experiences. My sister told me I needed to share some of them as some sort of therapeutic thing, so I will share one of them for you now. If you'd like more from me, just let me know. For some context, I am from Maine. This takes place in the year of 2008 in Jay, Maine. During December, my sister was six and I was eight. We were looking for our cat around our house whose name was Panda, as he was more like a panda than a cat to be honest. 
but we couldn't find him anywhere in the house. We thought he got outside again. It was snowing outside very badly. We went to see if we could find him. Last time he got out, he ran into the woods behind our house, which was honestly not fun, but he knew them pretty well. We had been walking for about 20 minutes outside, or at least what felt like 20 minutes. As the weather picked up, the snow turned into a blizzard quickly and we couldn't see where we were going anymore. My sister started to get scared and started crying. I told her we would be okay and we'll make it back. Everything will be okay. We turned back toward the direction we thought was the house, but after some time, we still had not found our way home, and I knew we were hopelessly lost. I was thinking of a way to get out of this storm and return to our mom. Then suddenly, the blizzard around us stopped blowing where we were standing about 10 feet around us, and then I saw something strange. I have not heard or found anything about it anywhere online, anytime I look this up. Slowly, a wolf walks out of the blizzard around us. It was about three feet taller than I was, and I was standing at around roughly five feet at this time. It was pure white. Its eyes were a beautiful full blue. I then heard a gentle, feminine voice in my head say, One of my blood. Why are you out here? I said we were looking for a cat. As a kid, I, I didn't really know any better or what was going on. I had no idea what telepathy was, but this thing once more said, Come with me, little ones. Come on my back. I'll take you home. You are not safe here. She crouched down, we climbed on her back, and then started running the opposite way we were also going. The blizzard seemed to not be blowing at us as it stopped, but I could still see it raging all around us. After some time, we see our house. She slowed down when we came to the edge of the woods. We stopped and crouched down. She then said, Go home, little ones. You must go. My sister and I ran to the door. Once we touched the door, the storm came back, hitting us in full force. I looked back and the wolf was mysteriously gone. We ran inside and my mom ran up to us wondering where we had been. She said we had been gone for four hours. She wasn't alone. There were three cops in the house. We told her what happened and why we were outside. She didn't believe us. She wrapped us up in warm blankets and sat us next to our fireplace. If anybody has any idea what that wolf was, I'd love to know because I can never find anything on it. Thanks for listening. And that's why we love the Swamp Dweller around here. Bringing us some weird, spooky stories each and every night on Spaced Out Radio. And, of course, he is here Monday through Friday night to kick off hour number three. If you want more Swampy, just go to his YouTube channel. There's thousands of stories just like that for free at YouTube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads. All right, from the swamp to the stars, it's time to bring in little Timmy Senor. We call him the Timbit around here. And the UFO report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. All right, Big Bad Tim. It's always good to have you on the show, my man. How you been doing? Doing just great. Just great. It's uh, feels like it's been a long weekend, doesn't it? Oh man, <laughs> lots of stuff going on. I know we've been busy around here, so can't imagine what it's like in your house. You, you know what? I got my kids' hockey schedule coming up for the next month, and in like two weeks' time, he has a Sunday morning practice at five forty-five a.m. a.m. Now, I'm the type of guy 
where there's only four reasons to get up before 7 o'clock. And thank God hockey is one of them. I'm a little jealous because for anybody who's played hockey, you know damn well that being the first on the ice is one of the most special things going for you. It really is. Really, really is. I look forward to it. Yeah, I can... I can relate to that. I grew up on a ski race team on the East Coast, and we would always be the first one out on the hill. So, uh, you know, we'd be into the making the first cuts in the snow on the mountain, and there's just nothing like that, being the first one out on the ice in your case or the mountain in mine. It's exhilarating. It very much is. I remember racing to the ski hills. You know, when I was a, in my younger days, we'd always make sure, try and get there as early as possible because there's nothing better than being that first one on the lift, heading on up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, the in good old days. Powder. The good old mm-hmm. days when my knees used to work. Or if you had time. Who has time to right. ski anymore? Right. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Let's get to some UFOs. It's a... Uh, been kind of after a real hectic week last week it's been kind of slow but you know what Uh, i'm gonna kind of take you out of order here for a little bit because i was absolutely blown away by that video that came out and uh, i don't really know how to explain it but it almost looked like there was this swirl of clouds in the sky. Tim, it's very rare I get blown away by a video anymore. I've seen a lot of them over the years of doing this show. But this one just really, really captivated me, man. Yeah, and I wanted to cover it too because as I'll get into as we cover this report, um, this actually hit pretty close to home for me too because – As a young boy, I witnessed something like this with my father in upstate New York. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, when you're staying at an Airbnb, it might have crossed your mind. Could my place be an Airbnb? And if it could, what could it earn? You could be sitting on an Airbnb and not even know it. Like, maybe you have a spare bedroom where friends or family crash every once in a while. But when it's sitting empty, you could Airbnb it to help pay for some bills or, I don't know, something more fun. Either way, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In the news is a mysterious, spooky, swirling spiral. And it's been spotted in the night sky. And it's causing some UFO observers to have some fears. And so this spooky heavenly spiral captured by a giant telescope earlier this month was not necessarily caused by aliens, but possibly by SpaceX. And the light spotted on January 18th at an observatory on Mauna Kea, the tallest mountain in Hawaii, 
Hawaii, rather, rather, were man-made, and potentially the spiral seems to be related to the SpaceX company's launch of a new satellite. And so the Subaru Telescope staff said in a tweet earlier that the lights were likely caused by the company's launching the Falcon 9 booster rocket to bring a new GPS satellite into orbit. And the spiral pattern probably emerged in the night sky as the rocket entered its second stage, which entails the device spinning as it discards excess fuel. And so this is not the first time that the company owner and its creator have caused an astronomic spectacle like this. Similar lights have shown up in the wake of other Falcon 9 missions in the past. And so a different kind of light show often appears as the company launches devices for its Starlink system, Starlink rather system, a series of satellites that can provide internet access in 36 countries. And so this is potentially the result of a project um, that was put together by SpaceX and just a discarded, uh, as we see here, rocket stage. But the video itself is spectacular. And I must relate this back to all of our history where we have potentially had these magnificent spirals in the air. And one case in particular brings something a little closer to home for me personally, because if you were interested in doing a little research, you can find that back in 1986, in August, there was a very similar sighting called the Great East Coast UFO. And so an illuminating UFO case raised several interesting points in, a, a, I believe this was in a, a Smithsonian magazine uh, article from James E. Oberg. And so you'd have to dig a little bit to find this. But anyways, about 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Tuesday, August 12th of 1986, nearly the entire eastern half of the United States was treated to a spectacular celestial apparition. Millions of people were outside looking for the Perseid meteors, and many of them had their astronomical instruments and cameras at the ready. So when a bright cloud-like UFO, for it was a genuine unidentified flying object for at least that day, appeared in the eastern sky moving from right to left, it had probably the largest audience of any UFO ever witnessed in North America. And so sightings occurred from all the way from Georgia uh, to Louisiana, to Houston, Texas, Tulsa, Oklahoma, all the way up to Ontario and Quebec, and all points in between. And so descriptions of the object and the motion varied, but a general picture soon emerged. And it actually became quite a spectacle with lots of insight. Now, the next day, the newspapers came out with theories that it was Chinese rockets being deployed. But... Um, I must tell you that I was actually outside playing um, at the time that this took place in upstate New York, and I ran inside and got my father. And indeed, what we did see was what was described in the newspaper and by the millions of other people that saw it, which was actually out in space, a perfect pink spiral. And so this was a little bit more, it looked like speckling stardust or crystals of of pink glitter. And it seemed to not know, not so much as expand as almost con 
condense in on itself, spiraling in. It was very interesting. Um, now, of course, it could have been perspective, but I was able to view this for over 45 minutes with my father back in 1986. And very interestingly, before I pass this on to you, Dave, I would love to just share this bit of sound clip from an interview with uh, Dan Aykroyd, of all people, who had a strange inkling and was woken up out of his sleep and compelled to potentially witness this with all of us. So I'm just going to play this clip very quickly through my phone for you. I think the next, possibly the next, maybe even in the next five years, we're going to uh, have um, occasions uh, like the one I experienced in upstate New York in the mid 80s when I was, I woke up in the middle of the night and I said to my wife, they're calling me, they're calling me, I want to go outside, they want me to come outside and see, something outside wants me to come out and say, oh, just go back to bed. I went back to bed, but in the next day in the media, in newspapers, in radio, all over upstate New York and Ontario and Quebec and Vermont, people spoke about this urge they had to go out of their houses at three in the morning and look up into the sky and 12,000 people shared this urge and they went out and it was a big big news story and of course the air force said that a chinese rocket had exploded over new york state and what people saw was a massive miles high pink spiral in the sky above the great lakes um in hall quebec canada uh a few years afterwards uh there was a story of several hundred people almost a thousand people in this uh, community, Gatineau, uh, north of Hull, Quebec, Canada, in the in the Quebec province, sharing this urge to come outside and look up into the sky, and they also saw an apparition. So, there are going to be more of these uh, these mass sightings, and um, you know, the day that a million people in Idaho at a rock concert or or something see it, that is when you're going to really get the conventional. Uh, military uh, and police sitting down to say, well, it's time to throw the Brookings Institution report out and uh, and lay it open to the people and let the people decide. Isn't that interesting? So, do you think you were called out, Tim? Well, I was already out there, but um, my attention somehow was drawn up into the sky. I mean, I was always looking up as a kid, um, I was an enthusiast and we were looking for meteors and meteorites. It was like he said, during the Persades. And so um, it was unexpected and obvious and something else. And at the time we didn't think UFO, obviously that had never come into our thought process. Even at the time we weren't like, Oh, that it was just beautiful, absolutely beautiful and breathtaking. And I'll never forget it. And I shared it with my dad and uh, so it's special. But um, it was actually observed by the whole East Coast. And uh, one of my idols growing up, uh, Dan Aykroyd. So it was just great to hear him come out in an interview and actually speak on that later on. Um, and so I was able to bring it together here for you. Excellent. Excellent. I appreciate that. Let's continue on here with the UFO report here tonight. The Great East Coast UFO of August 1986, an illuminating UFO case raises several interesting points. This is it. This is the one that we are just, I've just talked about with Well, you that's here. good that you skip stories on me. I well, they kind that. of blend together. So they blended together. Yeah, sorry. Um, 
Yeah. And, and that was why I wanted to relate them because not only did I see something like this as a child in 1986, I observed this. It also relates to something that is happening now in the skies and being explained off by rockets again. And so I find, you know, was what we saw in 1986 necessarily rockets, Chinese rockets as explained, um, because tons of UFO groups came out, um, obviously, and studied this, the 1986 case that you bring up here. Um, and so although there were many test flights around the same time, nothing actually matched up and they weren't actually able to confirm that uh, these were, in fact, Chinese rockets for that beautiful pink spiral in 1986. Um, now, it relates to the spiral that they're reporting coming from the more recent reports that we're getting. But I would always like to consider all of the data before we just consider some of these spiral sightings as conventional um, and mundane. And Dave, I mean, what do you think an alternate explanation could be because there were no, um, you know, launches that they could determine this to be back in 1986 for a pink, massive pink spiral seen by the whole East coast. Do you think it relates to what we're seeing now? Could it be the same thing? Why didn't the colors match up? I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm still struggling to figure out what you're, what you saw. Yeah. Yeah. A massive spiral in space. I can't imagine, um, you know, other than the description that was given makes sense. And I think that's why as a young person, my father and I were accepting of the headline being a Chinese discarded, uh, fuel cell. I mean, that makes sense, but pink, could it have been um, just the moon that night, you know, at the time? So it was 10 p.m. for me, 3 a.m. for others. I don't see, you know, so Florida all the way up into into Quebec. That that means it was really far out in space and it was a really clear night. And so... Well, I, th I, think, I think for a lot of this, though, you know, we're not used to... <clears throat> excuse me we're not used to seeing what goes on at night okay we're not from the majority of us are not familiar with what is in the sky and what is truly there whether it's satellites whether it's space debris whether it's anything you know what i'm saying we're not used yeah. to it and that is very very difficult for many of us to actually check on out. This is what bothers me. So, I mean, are we looking at UFOs? Are we looking at something a little bit more natural than that? I don't know. I don't get it. Well, the thing that I find interesting is that we have wood carvings of spirals in the sky. And I'm wondering if they were seeing the same thing. And obviously they didn't have rocketry at the time of some of these wood carvings that depict these massive spirals in the sky. Now, was that just a depiction of somebody's interpretation of the moon or time, you know, uh, time changing or weather? 
it, it's up to interpretation, but at the same rate, perhaps it's literal. And they were depicting a spiral that they saw in the sky. And in which case that makes me wonder, are these something natural like you put forward or are they something other, you know, something created by somebody or something for a purpose? Um, maybe it's just there to be beautiful. Maybe it serves a purpose. You know, I'm not anyone that really goes into conjecture too deeply, but having seen it firsthand as a child, it definitely put a sense of awe in me when my father even didn't have an explanation for what he was seeing in the sky, but we were able to appreciate it as being absolutely beautiful and different and definitely out in space, by the way, it was absolutely outside of our atmosphere. Maybe you saw a portal. See, I look at it too. Like the one black triangle that I saw, Tim, okay, with, with my friends on my patio, when it disappeared, it was like a door opened up in the sky. And then it just from tip to the back end just disappeared like it was flying through this door. And wow. we never saw the door. It just kind of vanished, you know, like hmm. it was going through a doorway. And I often wonder, you know, the same thing. What what was that? What was that like? All right. When, yeah. we, when we return on Spaced Out Radio... The UFO Report. We're going to be joined by special guest, Random Guy, who has an update on what Tim was seeing, and maybe a little bit more. Yeah, you never go wrong when Random Guy just shows up on the air. Spaced Out Radio's UFO Report continues right after this. You caught me off guard with that, dude. Very rarely you catch me off guard. Which part? Well, when when I went to read the second story, I didn't know you had combined them. Yeah, they were linked. Yeah. Should we bring Random Guy in now? Sure. Let's bring him in. Hi, Random Guy. How you doing, sirs? Good. Good. You You sound like you're in a bathroom. Uh, yeah, sorry. I'm in my living room right now with a lot of reverb, so I apologize. Uh, is your picture on the screen okay to see? Yeah, I don't care. Okay. Just making sure. Let's leave a little mystery to this with no elaboration. Yeah. Good. That's very cool. (laughs) We'll see if anybody's keen. Excellent. No, I had a. I'll wait for the show to come back because you're still on radio, correct? Yeah, we're still on radio. Okay, so I'll behave. But uh, I had a comment in direct relevance to what the story Tim was doing, so I'll wait for that, and then I'll do my thing maybe at the end or after, depending on what you want. Well, we can uh, we can get into the with the uh, radio audience as well. I mean, okay, if you want, just absolutely please nobody look at my avatar. Don't do that. Avatar country, do you believe? <laughs> Avatar country. That's a random thing. That's definitely not a coin on my counter. By the way, the band <laughs> the band Avatar is coming to Vegas like two weeks before uh, we're, we're there. You got to check them out, dude. They they are stellar. What honestly, mm. one of the best con 
They're at the House of Blues. One of the uh, one of the best concerts I have ever been to. Was seen ever been seen the Spasmatics no. here in Vegas? No, they cover all the eighties bands, dude. And it's like a fifteen dollars show, and they go hard, and they do it perfectly. All the eighties. Nice. I'll take you. <laughs> is, that, is that good? Oh, I'd like that. I'd like that. I'd like you to like that, Dave. It would make me happy inside. <laughs> I'm on a mood. I'm in a mood. Hey, chat. I love you guys. How are you doing tonight, chat? Oh, yeah. Good old chat. Major Lee. I think we back. got a good one. We got a good one tonight. <clears throat> RG, if you, if you take Dave to a live show, I guarantee he will be the guy holding up the bar in the back, no matter how good the beats are. No way. Are you kidding? He's like Jersey Shore beating the beat up with the fist pump. What are you, I, are I you, couldn't you, have gotten him on the floor if I had wheels on him. It was not happening. That's because the house band sucked. They're, they were <laughs> terrible. They it's were terrible. It okay. Yeah, but I was there. Come on. I'm just but anyways, even, good luck. Don't even start Same with day. me, Senor. Don't even start he, with me. He does, this, he does this thing with his mouth. He does an overbite dance. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's you. That's you. Yeah. <laughs> How long we got till we come back from break? Uh, we have drink. about uh, 90 seconds. All right, I can get it done. Hold on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to throw a shoe at you next time I see you. Oh, you think he's George Bush? I almost (laughs) spat out my tea. I would love for somebody to take that George Bush clip of him getting shoes thrown at him and put that towards Eddie Murphy's uh, Aunt Aunt Bunny. Oh, I love that bit. (laughs) Falling down the stairs. Yep. Lillian! All right, I have a drink secured. I'm ready for a second. The bleep. No, I have something. Falling down the steps again. On a scale of 1 to 10, how tired are you, Dave? Uh, Well, I got another. No matter what, I have an hour. I have an hour. Okay. All right, that's good. Yeah. Go do a line of Pepsi or something. (laughs) I don't have any Pepsi. I'm on water right now. Yeah, that's not going to keep you awake. Yeah, that's all right. Well, I'll uh, I'll survive. Don't worry about old Davy. Okay, Tim and I will carry. <laughs> Davy's tired tonight. We need to take it easy on him. I went to have my post game or my my pregame nap, and my son decided to attack me. Started a big wrestling brawl. Um, you know. <laughs> You know how it goes. You didn't bring El Avni, Avni with it? I don't know. I don't know who El Avni is. He's just a jerk. Hold on, oh, guys. Here we go. Do it. We rounded third. We're heading for home tonight. On Spaced Out Radio, 
my name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate it. I want to remind you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. Final half hour. Little Timmy Senora, resident Timbit, has a UFO report. We've also been joined by special guests tonight. We call him Random Guy around here. Timmy, Random Guy, good to have you both here. Thanks for having me. Thanks, thanks. Now, Good to be here. Random guy, you wanted to make a comment on Tim's sighting. Yes, well, it wasn't so much a sighting. I just wanted to uh, maybe uh, delve a little deeper into the sight, the imagery that you see. So something I've learned in my experience, as a rule of thumb, is when you see a spiral or a maneuver with a terrestrial maneuver, meaning if you see a cloud you see a contrail, you see something coming from it. Leftovers. Or the DMV. Number 97. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba chumbacasino.com live the chumba life no purchase necessary we're prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details you know when you're staying at an airbnb chances are you've wondered could my place be an airbnb and if it could what could it earn you might not realize it but you could be sitting in an airbnb right now like some people airbnb their whole house when they're away visiting family or really on any sort of trip just think you can make enough money to cover plane tickets or some of that trip. Find out how much your home could be earning at airbnb.com slash host. Right? That is a low, what's considered, even if it's moving 10,000 miles an hour, that's still roughly a low-speed maneuver. Okay? What that means is you're watching an exit-bound object. When an object is inbound, much like a meteorite, asteroid, what have you, you're going to see a single dot of light move as a streak. You're not going to see a contrail with a circular shape. Just for FYI. Yeah. That's that's like a pretty solid basis for all of this. This is just literally science. Yeah. <laughs> as, as a way to, so people aren't reading into it, was that a UFO or whatever? And your contrail in reference to the sighting in the 80s, it, 80s, it may have been pink, that's fine. There was actually a ton of launches by both us, the Chinese, and the Russians in the 80s that met the same dynamics as what SpaceX is doing, but in an unannounced um, launch order. So they were doing these experiments basically as matters of national security, scientific testing, et cetera, and it's very possible what you saw. But if you saw a similar spiral or circular pattern, it is 99% likely that it originated terrestrially and not from outside atmosphere coming in. Makes sense. Makes sense. Absolutely. That's the base. I'm not trying to debunk it completely. Again, being the the skeptic guy that works around stuff, I'm just letting you know how that goes. 
Absolutely. Um, and I mean, I lived with that explanation my whole life, um, you know, until Aykroyd brought it out the way he did is kind of right. interesting that people were called out and saw it. I, and I think that a lot of people looked up at that time, which isn't usual. Perhaps it was because of the meteorites, you know, the Crusades. But right. um, at the same rate, it was just one of those things. It was such a shared collective sighting. Oh, cool. It Regardless. It's yeah. still cool. Yeah. And, and I was like seven. I didn't witness it. I was in San Francisco or Fremont at the time in 1986. But yeah, yeah, that's a cool thing. I'm just letting you know, scientifically. It makes sense. Yeah. That's pretty much how that works. And pink would be a, a, a color that's acceptable for something like that. If they were experimenting with different hydrofuels, if there was aurora borealis, differences in the magnetic field, depending on the altitude, mm. and then the elements that were interacting with atmosphere, you could get any, as Dave loves to say, plethora of colors. I love that. I appreciate that explanation. <laughs> um, it reinforces what I had heard as a young man. And um, I, I, I applaud that. Thank you. For bringing that up. I'm not saying it wasn't something, but yeah. the likelihood is it definitely has a terrestrial explanation in both cases. That's super cool. And that, that's, that's my only input on that. But I just want, because I am, as, as chat has not learned, if they have not learned, I am a skeptical dude. So when I bring you guys stuff, it's because I'm, I'm coming at it from the guy that doesn't, it's not that I don't believe, but you got to prove it to me because I know too much to BS me. And so I want you guys to not get BS either. I want you guys to know the truth. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, even with that explanation, who knows, right? Who, who knows a hundred percent? I always leave that right, little, little sure. I always had that little gray box left open for new information. hundred percent. And, but I, you know, I love it. I love that. And thanks for bringing it to the table. I just like to bring balance to these conversations because I feel like, and I'm not saying you were doing that at all tonight, but just overall, my perspective is let's bring balance to this and let's get rid of what isn't real and focus on what could be real. And when I see something yeah. that has a 90 plus percentile of not being real, sure, we'll keep it. We'll, we'll keep an eye on it. But with, without further information or data or firsthand witnesses, I'm going to sidetrack that for other things that are like pressing issues where I'm like, what the hell was that? Right. And at the time that this article came out on those Chinese uh, rocket um, possibilities, there was no confirmation of that. It was all very much theoretical in that article. So you being um, another layer of confirmation on that definitely helps. Awesome. Random guy. We got a pair of questions for you. This one from, let's go. This one from Larky. Random guy, do you know why UFOs glow orange? It's not very covert. Yeah, so UFO as an aircraft or a spacecraft or whatever craft, let's say, um, in majority of instances, the ones that are colored or, as I've mentioned before, strobe, generally have a terrestrial origin. Not saying all. I'm not everywhere. I don't know everything. I'm just telling you guys as a rule. Um, usually the reason things are orange or red is because they are sending out a warning to other things in the airspace with them that are also terrestrial. Hey, we're testing something and don't run into it. So I don't, I don't know on that. And then there's also the whole aspect of flares. Like there, there's a ton of stuff. That, so you need to be more specific, but I would just say that's not to say there's not some UFO that came down 
several times and glowed orange in color because of where it was in that region at that moment in front of you. I'm not discounting that. I'm saying in my personal experience, typically orange and red are indicators of things that we use for test testing terrestrial things. Makes sense. Good makes stuff. makes a lot of sense. Let's go to Cat Chaser here. Random guy. Are UFOs at Bigfoot, in your opinion, connected somehow? That's a funny no. question for you. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about Bigfoot, but as a normal human, no, I don't I don't I don't think Bigfoot's if anything, Bigfoots are lost origins of ancestry of human DNA and the bridge of gap between monkeys and humans, right? I mean I don't I'm not an expert, but that's what I would assume. I would not assume they're extraterrestrial. I assume it's a long lost freak genetic factor that is hiding in the forest of the world and not something relevant to being monitored by higher intelligence traveling from different planets. Well, we got to teach you some woo, man. We definitely need to teach. <laughs> if, I, if I'm being too direct, I apologize. But I, like I said, I, I live in the world of being skeptical. Well, you know, once again, we're going to teach you some woo. We got to butter you up a little bit. We got to moisten you. Add a little, you know. Uh, Feel free. Uh, yeah, we'll get you there. <laughs> got to bring. I'm not here to poop. On, I'm not here to poop on parties, guys. I'm here to speak facts. Ah, uh, beautiful. Uh, Cat Chaser says, I have a video of a Bigfoot slowly beaming down from a TR3. I want to see that, Cat Chaser. I want to see that. Hey, bring that out. I'll I'll be happy to see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yes. Tim, com. Send it. <laughs> that's not it. That's not it. That, that's not that's, it. That's Timmy the Timbit. <laughs> All I'm right. joking because we all know he doesn't have that video. <laughs> no, no. Cat Chaser, I totally want to see that that video. All right. Uh, do you want to get to the to the Tim's final story, or do we want to get into yes. this really cool news? No, let's let Tim finish because he's the professional and I'm the idiot, village idiot. So let's do Tim's story. All first. right. Uh, DOD <clears throat> participates in NASA study, Tim. You know this is about to fire me up here. Yeah, I was going to change the names in the story for you so it would be acceptable for Space.Radio. So instead of NASA, um, what other four-letter word would you rather me use? Anyways, moving on. So, yes, the Defense Department and Federal Aviation Administration officials participated in a two-day summit hosted by NASA last week, during which they met outside and, I'm sorry, met with outside experts to pinpoint government and commercial sources for capturing unidentified anomalous phenomenon data. And so the agencies are currently being tight-lipped about exactly who and what uh, was discussed and who attended at this Pentagon meeting. But in October, a team of 16 executives and experts commissioned by NASA launched a nine-month independent study to explore how different types of data from public and private sensors and other means can be collected and reviewed to make sense of seemingly unexplainable UFO-type happenings. And so this could potentially be considered as a threat to national security. And so hopefully revealing new insights 
about the object's origins, the study could conclude what the team is hopefully going to realize in a report to the public and recommend a new roadmap for potential future NASA-led UFO data analyses. So facts are being gathered through a series of meetings, including the summit held by NASA last Thursday and Friday, and that will ultimately inform the future government UFO and UAP investigations. And so in a quote, These meetings are designed for the study team to prepare and gather facts for relevant experts to identify what data from civilian government entities and commercial data and data from other sources can potentially be analyzed. And so this this came from a NASA spokesperson who continues, the team is focusing on identifying how NASA can use the data available and the tools of science to move our understanding of UFO forward. And so following mounting congressional and public pressure for more transparency, in recent years, the NASA and DOD and other federal entities are now instituting new reporting mechanisms and sharing updates and fresh details about their officials and their encounters with perplexing phenomena. So hopefully with this mandated information coming by Congress, the Pentagon will be disseminating an annual review. And so, for example, asserting that military aviators and other DOD members have cataloged more than 500 UFO reports. And its new all-domain anomaly resolution office, Arrow, is now investigating those deeply. So we're seeing more collaboration now. We're seeing the DOD collaborating deeply with NASA. And so what is your first concern or maybe support for this new endeavor, Dave? And let's also bring in RG for a little of his opinion, if we can. Well, my opinion still hasn't changed. Okay, I want to know why NASA is all of a sudden in the UFO game. Okay, nobody's asked them about what they know. Nobody has gone public with what they know. NASA has not brought any information forward, and nor should they if nobody's asked a damn question. Right? But what's all this spark about? Is it Enigma? Is it the the fact that they're going to get to play with some new toys or they get to be a leader in the whole UFO race? I don't get it. It still smells very fishy to me, and I don't like it. I really don't. That's a personal opinion, of course. Okay, I don't see anything good coming about it. You know, NASA's been been lying this whole time since they since Bill Nelson got on stage at his first press conference. So, why should any of us get excited about NASA when they haven't even talked about what's in their own closet? Random guy, what do you think? Um, I think the answer is pretty simple. We have Space Force now. So a lot of the uh, DOD industrial complex slash clandestine slash black ops slash insert conspiracy theory here has now transferred to the Space Force, and now it's classified correctly under the DOD, the Pentagon, and the president. Therefore, NASA can defer things that they used to not be able to answer, and they can show more initiative for exploring genuine space exploratives, whatever, without risk, because anything that's genuine will automatically be segmented back to the DOD under the Space Force. 
that's my opinion. So you don't think it has anything to do with trying to be a part of the ball games to get more of that budget that's going to come out? No, of course they want budget, of course. But that's what I'm trying to explain to you is it's all under the appearance, right? So the appearance is, hey, we want disclosure. Hey, we're all about UFOs now. Hey, we're all about humans and civilians and the betterment of everybody. Well, where was that before? Well, now they've transferred all that responsibility over to Space Force. So now they're able to operate under at least the guise of, hey, we're friends, right? And so they're like, hey, expand our budget. We're going to help you guys search for this stuff with a thumbs up and a smile. But really, we all know what's really going on. See, I guess what bugs me about it, random guy, is the fact that NASA has jumped into the UFO game playing absolutely stupid in the public eye. And I know they can. I know that they don't have to say anything that they don't want to. Right. But I'm very surprised that the world's leading space group gets into the UFO world and is not admitted to anything that has been out in public for years. They're not even talking okay. about NASA. They're talking about the let Navy. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you a question, Dave. How many people are employed by NASA that are not paid for the, by the government? I have no idea. It's less than 1%. <laughs> so 99% of NASA is employed by the government, the United States government, meaning they're going to fall in line to their role in the government, regardless, period, in the story. So the reason they're regurgitating the same song and dance is because they're here to be in schools and inspire people, and they are, I don't want to say the propaganda arm of space, because that would be kind of cynic, but more or less, yeah, they're here to sell the sizzle. But the real, the real grit is now the Space Force. No, I, I get that, but it just surprises me that the stupidity of the mainstream media regarding this topic. Okay, right. well, you can say what you will about the the MSM, but I, you know, as a former MSM member, I, I still want to have faith. All right, but I mean that not a single soul mm -hmm. has asked NASA head Bill Nelson or anybody, "What's in your closet?" Yeah. Have you watched the presidential White House? And this is not, I'm not even going political. Uh, everything is deflection, man. You get what you get. You get everything is prepared. Everything. And it's not even, it, I don't even put it on the individuals. It's just what it is. When you work for the machine, you do your job. And you shut up and you color. And, and honestly, that's, and you asked my opinion. That's my opinion of what's going on. I believe that the administration, whoever's in power at any given time, of the DOD, the Pentagon, and the executive branch releases to NASA. This is what we're, this is what you are going to sell. This no different than military recruiting or anything else. This is what we're selling to people. Go, and that's it. And you don't you don't deviate from that. And I believe that. Do you wonder about the legitimacy of this um, recent two day meeting that they had? when they had the FAA and the DOD and the and NASA working and these are the representatives specifically FAA and DOD present as part of the study team 
of experts participating to figure out if UFO is a topic that needs to be addressed now. Are they addressing this as the flight risk aspect? Because I see that present in this um, article yeah. coming coming from the Defense Department themselves. This is their article. This is their mouthpiece. So I know that this is good information. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I believe that's 100% true. The FAA wouldn't be involved if it wasn't something they somebody in the community wanted, whether it's a NOTAM, whatever. Um, that's all. I, I believe the FAA people, because they're completely out of the know, it's just saying, hey, we want to make sure we're not going to have incidents here, so you need to brief us. So then they're bringing them in, and they're probably just uh, saying, hey, don't worry about it. We're working around you guys. We're at this airspace. We're doing this X, Y, Z. Don't, it's nothing to be concerned, but be sure to make sure you guys report anything you see to us at Enigma and whatever else is coming down the line. But uh, don't worry about it. And, and the FAA will just color the lines. But I feel, I feel like the FAA is a very good organization. I feel like it's being led well. And I feel like that because that's literally something that would make the world fall apart instantly if that was bad. So on a day-to-day operational level, uh, whatever the government's doing test-wise stays out of their way. We, we haven't had, like, air-to-air intercepts with UFOs. People might see stuff, but none of it's running into it or grounding it or, you know, causing loss of control. And I think the FAA, enough of this UAP stuff was happening. They are like, hey, guys, we need to know, like, to keep our pilots safe and our civilian traffic safe. And I think they probably briefed them in a way that told them, we're doing everything we can to keep out of your way and don't worry about it. And just following up, go go ahead, Dave. Well, we gotta we gotta start to round this thing up here, Tim. Please. So you got time go for ahead. one for one question. Okay, I was just gonna round up on top of that. Um, so knowing that there's there's public pressure for more transparency, um, do you consider the possibility that even during this two day meeting that there was some information that was discussed and perhaps even um, top secret information and video that was shared that may sway this? and elevate it beyond whether it's happening or not. Maybe they've already agreed that it is happening and that there is something else. What do you think that that discussion would look like if they've assumed that it's real? And we're going to have to cut it right there. We ran out of time. Tim Sorry, with one bad. of his 18 minute <laughs> questions there to finish off know, the show. It's tough. It's we a appreciate good it. Maybe later we can get to it. Hey, Tim, thank you. Random guy. Thank you thank very you. much. And of course, a big thank you to Swamp Dweller and Lon Strickler for coming on in tonight. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brothers watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, Spreaker, LinkedIn, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyrighted by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, make a mistake. We're watching. We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu Train. 
has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Over 100,000 people across the U.S., most of whom are of African descent, battle sickle cell disease, a condition that can cause life-threatening complications. But you can help. Donating blood with the American Red Cross helps support sickle cell patients, some of whom may require up to 100 units of blood each year to manage the condition. Join the Red Cross as they work to grow the number of blood donors who are black. Make your appointment to donate today at redcrossblood.org slash ourblood, because our blood saves lives.